around it. Yeah. We'll yeah. Get a slap on the wrist. Well, we did. We did recently. Oh, well, multiple this times. <laughs> this yeah. one's this one's called Duel of Destiny. Yes. And it's appropriate here because on this show we're joined by Sheriff Lane Aiken. Yes, Welcome sir. to the show, Sheriff. Glad hey, man. Hey, man. It's, it's good to be here. It is good to have you yeah, here. Awesome, so uh, we weren't really expecting this one. I don't know how this got pulled off, but I'm I'm glad it did. We were kind of thought we were winding down our um, elected official segment, and yeah. he's like, "Hey, I got to tell you all mm. something." The sheriff's coming on. <laughs> what? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Originally had me scheduled for the night of the Super, the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, yeah. Yeah. So, so I was kind of melting down a little bit. And so so was my wife. So I, I called called Heath and said, "Hey, can we move it back one week?" You and, bet. And I, I appreciate y'all accommodating. It was. A, I'm, I'm kind of glad we did because I I watched it also. It was good. it was actually a good. I thought it was a good Super yeah. Bowl. So we um we were gonna try to promote it on last week's episode and was like, you know, as soon as we say. He's going to be coming on this date. Something in your happen. line of work, <laughs> something could come up at any time, right? Like some landowner might have a cow, <laughs> have a, have a cow out. Yeah. <laughs> Called the sheriff's office. Hey, we got a cow on the cow. highway. I have Which kept happens. your uh, I have kept your deputies pretty busy on occasion with cows on the road mm-hmm. <laughs> or on the highway here. That's uh, that, that's a chronic thing that we we have faced on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad thing though, right? In a rural county, like I mean. It's right. like a cat and tree, right? And the oh, you got a cow out on the road. You know, I I, I love it. I, I really do. And and uh, but but it's changing a little bit. I may go mm-hmm. off course here a little bit because a couple of years or so ago, we know you know that real cold spell that we had come through. Mm-hmm. So I was sitting at my desk, and and there was ice and snow, and I got a phone call, and a woman's griping at at us because we're not taking care of the cows. He said, you know, there are cows out here in this pasture that don't have any jackets on them. <laughs> I, said, I said, ma'am, uh, where'd you move here from? Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah, I moved in from California. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we've, we've got a multiple uh, This is for real. This woman's not putting you on the spot. No. This is really happening. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that really happened. Wow. Yeah, she was upset and thought we should do something about it. Some jackets. And I said, we're looking after the cattle. Don't worry about it. <laughs> that's, a, that's about the only way you can answer that appropriately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yes. would imagine there's other things you want to tell this lady. But, yeah, and they call. I've, we've had, you know, he lives in this house down here, and they've had people, like, fly up the driveway screaming at him, oh, you've yeah. got cows out. And he's they, like, okay, I'll call the landowner. They think like, it's a disaster. People, the, the pavement's not made of grass, okay? Mm-hmm. They're, they're probably going to be out grazing along the fence. And if they're on probably. the road, they're crossing the road. They're going to – it's not a – Crisis, yeah, uh, yeah, especially this time of year because the grass is greener <clears throat> up by the road. True, that yeah. is true. Yeah, they're going after that green grass no matter For what. Sure. Even if you've got a good fence, if you yeah. got one smart cow, you got a problem. <sighs> yeah, all well, it takes is one. I don't know if that exists, but one good fence. We're not here to talk about cows. <laughs> we're here to talk about no. you, Sheriff. <laughs> Yo, know, I have to uh, comment on your shirt though. Oh, what shirt's that? The one you're wearing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, has Joe has, Biden. Has, CuredCancer.com. Has has he? I so don't that's, know. A, that's an actual has .com? He, yes, that's an actual <laughs> .com. Go to the website. I bought the shirt. Okay. Um, so you have to go to the website to learn. You're not going to spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it. Oh, I nice. mean, the answer is pretty freaking obvious. <laughs> oh, you think so? Yeah. Okay. I'm still pissed off about that. Because I was thinking the dude had. No. Oh, 
Well, there I just spoiled it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but got it out. Maybe okay. I'm wrong. Maybe you need to okay. go to this website to find <laughs> okay. out. Okay, okay, I see. It redirects you end up to like the the Blaze TV network and all that. So oh, I got gotcha. you. You're gonna find so out. So it's a gimmick. <laughs> oh, is <Yeah>. it? <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Or is a campaign promise of I'm gonna cure cancer a gimmick? Mm-hmm. Oh, Which I got gotcha. Is it? Okay. We're not doing that. Okay. We're not doing <laughs> go that. Go for it. We're not going down that rabbit hole. Okay. Politics. But we're here to talk about the sheriff. In a non-political way, <laughs> um, if that's possible. Well, let's let's back it up a little bit and talk about your your humble beginnings, um, your early life experiences that it might have shaped your your choices into uh, a career path of law enforcement. Well, uh, um, I grew up in Rockwall, Rockwall, Texas. The okay. other si- other side of the Metroplex. It was a you know it was like a little farming community back then. The lake wasn't there, and, and it was a great place. I was like Beaver Cleaver. You know, okay. I, I was walking the streets. I knew everybody in every house, and and it was just a great idyllic uh, childhood for me. My parents were great. had a, had a sister. I haven't had an older brother, but my dad was was a highway patrolman, uh, and that's my my first recollections of my dad are him in that uniform and and that black and white parked out in front of the house, mm-hmm. and so. I just really got captivated. Of course, he'd have some of his buddies come over, the police officers, sheriff's deputies, and, and my dad, highway patrol, and other highway patrolmen. They were highway patrolmen then. They weren't, they weren't troopers. Mm-hmm. Highway patrolmen, I'd listen to those stories into the night, and I think they may have been drinking a little bit of whiskey from time to time. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. My mom wasn't in favor of that, but that may have been what was going on. And, and I'd listen to those stories until I'd fall asleep, and I'd wake up the next morning thinking about those stories. And, and as I grew up, you know, my mom didn't like it because she felt like my dad was in some level of danger, and she was always concerned about that. Um, so she said, Lane, I, I don't, and she's a teacher, so she didn't want me to be a trooper, a highway patrolman. She said, find something else. She said, I want you to be uh, either a dentist or an accountant. And I didn't really want to be either one of those things, <laughs> but but I tried to appease to to please my mom because she's uh, I, I'm a fan of her. She's mm-hmm. she was a great woman, so I wanted to abide by her wishes, and and I went off to college, played football, and that's what I really went to college for to play football, northeastern Oklahoma. But the whole time I'm there, you know, going to college rather than just playing football. Really, all uh-huh. I do is play football. <laughs> But I was studying as I as I could, and and dentist was out, and I thought I kind of like numbers, so maybe being an accountant. And I kept looking at that stuff, and looking at that stuff, and trying to please my mom. And then my senior year of eligibility, I broke my jaw and I couldn't finish the season, <clears throat> and so I had a, had an offer to go to DFW Airport, where they have have this new DFW Airport. It was brand new. I mean, it was just out in the middle of nowhere back then. You can't imagine that. Yeah. You know? So I drove in and, and spoke to the folks there at DFW Airport, police department there. It was police department, fire department, and EMS. And um, I thought, I can't play football anymore, so mm-hmm. I'm going to give up on my college. I'm going to go to work. And and I went to work for uh, DFW Airport, and I, that's when I really migrated toward the law enforcement stuff. You know, <clears throat> it was an unusual situation. It was very confining. I didn't like that. I wanted I wanted spread out a little bit. And I still had that highway patrolman stuff in my head. And I just, I I tried and I tried to get it out, but I couldn't. And after being at DFW Airport for two years, I applied for Texas Department of Public Safety and and was accepted. 
So at this point, you've um, did the DFW airport put you through getting your peace officer license, or they did. So okay. it, it was an academy to be a firefighter, okay, to be a police officer, and to be an EMT, okay. And and I tell a lot of my firefighting friends I should have been a firefighter because everybody loves a firefighter, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but not everybody loves the sheriff, and not everybody loves the police yeah. because sometimes you got to bring a little bad news. Firefighters, they're always doing good things. Yeah. They don't get griped right. at. Yep. They're the cool kids on the block. Saving yeah. the cats. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> so so I, I should have chosen that, but but I couldn't help, and I'll, I'll blame it on my dad. So that's, that's why I ended up in law enforcement. Okay. Well, that's I think awesome. you turned out a pretty damn good sheriff. So, so far, <laughs> yeah. So far, so good. Maybe, maybe you've made a few firemen question their life choices, you know? Yeah, good, There's some good So about what year did you go to uh, the – Texas Department of Public Safety. Well, 74 is when I started DFW Airport. So that's okay. that's 50 years or so wow. ago. Wow. Uh, and, and then 76, two years later, 1976. It started on September 14th, 1976. Okay. So you've, you've been part of the Texas Department of Public Safety longer than any of us have been alive. <laughs> well, True statement. Well, well thanks. I, I guess I needed a little of that whiskey out <laughs> So maybe I'll stick with water for now. I, don't, I, I really appreciate you bringing that up, yeah. Doc. And my math, math skills. Those are math but, skills. But, yeah. you know, it's, it's the same thing with, with the deputies and, and the investigators, the jailers and the dispatchers. They start talking about something and talking about an, this elderly man, and I say, "How old is that that elderly man?" And usually, he's about ten years younger than me. So, <laughs> so, so I've, I've kind of kind of gotten used to that. Um, you were born in '52, is that yeah, right? Okay. Yes, exactly. Okay. Oh, yeah. We we did a little bit. Yeah, of we did some research. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you're you're in your prime. Yeah. yeah. You well, bet. you know, you know, I feel good. I, I can still remember a few things. I haven't you got gone, I haven't gone Joe Biden yet. Okay. Oh gosh. <laughs> so, I can I can still walk without shuffling. Uh, yeah. We just came back from uh, Loveland Ski Area, mm. just west of Denver, mm. and there were there were men there in their 80s still skiing. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. We've got a place in New Mexico. And a guy named, um, I believe he's a cleat. No, uh, Royce Raven out of Bridgeport. Do you, are you familiar with him? I've heard the name. I think he's probably 95 or 96 now. So in 2020, we were coming down the front uh, the mountain, um, and just got engaged to my wife. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm huffing and puffing and we're coming down the mountain. Royce Raven arrives there at 93 years old. And he's like, Nope, we're hiking up to the lake. Oh, huh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. That's a tough hike. I think the, the, yeah, the key is to is. just. Stay busy and keep moving. Right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mentally and physically, and, mm-hmm. and, and we really work that. But my wife and I both do. That's fantastic. Fantastic. Well, thanks for the ageism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Sure, sure. So you went into the DPS. Yeah, I became a uh, highway patrol a trooper. Now, trooper, now yeah. they're troopers. So, you, you know, and, and uh, they sent me to Commerce. So, they're, so I've got thousands of stories from that academy. That was a beatdown. It was uh, 21 weeks, mm. and uh, <clears throat> started on on um, the 14th of September and ended January 21st of 77. Mm. And uh, I've I've heard it is, and yeah. I've heard it is still. Mm. It was probably worse then. Mm-hmm. As far as being a beat down, I bet I bet it was because they didn't care about your feelings back in those <laughs> days. <laughs> yeah, no. So so we spent a lot of time fighting and you know self defense and yeah. stuff. Of course, the classes they wake us up at two o'clock in the morning, go down and have a spelling test, and then I mean, you have to make up your bed. It was you know these guys. Most of my instructors were Vietnam vets. Mm-hmm. It was very military. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. it really was. But uh, but it it was enjoyable. I, I was glad when it was over. 
uh, you know what happened and the reason I was so dead set that I was not going to leave. We started with like 140. We finished with, with 100 in that class. But my dad said to me, he said, Lane, I don't think you're tough enough to do this. Mm, <laughs> because, because he had been through it, you know, and he knew when he threw, he threw that out there. Oh, it he, was he worse when he went through it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, yeah. it, it was much worse, <laughs> yeah. according, according to him. <laughs> but uh, it it was quite an experience. And, and, and so you'll have to forgive me because they go different ways. No, you're but, fine. So – they give you a wish list mm-hmm. when, when you get through the academy, and they say, uh, uh, where do you want to go and, and what service do you want? Do you want driver's license, license and weight, MVI, driver's li- or highway patrol? And I said, I want highway patrol, and I want to go to commerce because I knew there was an opening in commerce. <clears throat> and, and my wife and I wanted to finish our degrees, and there was a college there, ETSU, mm-hmm. now it's Texas A&M Commerce. So I'm, I'm said, and if I can't, Go there, send me anywhere in the highway patrol because I don't want to be a licensed and white trooper. I don't want to be a DL trooper. I want to be highway patrol, mm-hmm. only highway patrol. And so like two weeks be- before we're to graduate, there's a stack of papers back there when where the, where the sergeants are sitting, you know, who are overseeing the mentors, so to speak. And and so you can't help but want to coon finger through that stuff mm-hmm. a little bit. <laughs> and someone found a, a list of where we're all going, and it said Lane Aiken is going to El Paso oh, as no. a DL trooper. Wow. Oh. So I was just sick. They did not grant you your wish. No, no. <laughs> well, come to find out, it was a plant. They, they did that on purpose. Oh. You, know, you get everybody upset. <laughs> yep. So that was the torture that we, we faced in, in that academy. <laughs> but uh, sure enough, I went to commerce, and, and I didn't know at the time. So there, that hundred of us, and I, they had us in reverse alf- alphabetical off, off, uh, order. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm right at the back at the end. Well, Willie Adams is next to me, so I'm next to the last. Then there's Willie Adams. And they're going down the line. Everybody's going to driver's license. <clears throat> and, the, and the instructor is up there with towels. And if you want to cry in towel, and they, they throw it at you. you know? <laughs> and so it gets to aching. And I, I'd shove my, t- my chair back thinking, oh, man, I'm going to driver's license. I know it, and I'm going to hate it. And he said, aching, Highway Patrol Commerce. And he said, do you want to cry in towel? I said, no, sir, I'm fine with that. <laughs> so we went to Commerce um, you know, a week after we graduated, January 21st. and. Enjoyed it okay. yeah. Tre- tremendously. That's a little bit better in El Paso. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so how long uh, were you a state trooper in commerce? I was highway patrol trooper for uh, for six years. Okay. Uh, Hunt County. We lived in Delta County, <clears throat> but work, worked in Hunt, Hunt County. Well, the work that they do in the, the boot camp, for lack of a better term, I guess, with the uh, Texas State Highway Patrol are now troopers, is successful, like, even people from out of state look at the Texas state troopers as a model mm-hmm. law enforcement official, right? Like New Mexico models their state troopers after mm-hmm. Texas. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's very profound, I think. Mm-hmm. But six years in commerce. Yes. Okay. Six years in commerce. Can I tell you all a story? You that bet. You yes. can tell all the story. I mean, I, 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 of course, I try to kind of pare them down a little bit, but I was, I was uh, assigned of FTO. Field training officer. They break in partners, what we called them back then. Johnny Walter. Johnny Walter was was my first and only uh, break in partner in Highway Patrol, and I'd been on probably I don't know maybe two weeks or so, mm-hmm. and it was cold, mm-hmm. you know. So it's February, about this time of year, 
And uh, it was on, on a Sunday afternoon, I think. We're driving on 2224. Johnny's driving. I'm sitting on the right. He's telling me all about highway patrol and how I need to do this job. And we come across an international pickup that's all over the road. And of course, we're in Plymouth. Nobody knows what a Plymouth is anymore, but it was a we Plymouth. Still mm-hmm. yeah. We still do. <laughs> so we were in this Plymouth, and, and the, the, the international was all over the road. And so Johnny turns on the light. He's going to stop him because he's, he's weaving everywhere. Well, he speeds up as far as he could with an international, not very. Sure. Yeah, so not he's, fast. Right, he's probably topped out yeah. at about 80 or mm-hmm. so. And that, that jury that we were driving probably would go 140. But he outweighed us by probably two tons or so. And so was, there was a guy in there, and he rolled down the window, and he's dumping pharmaceuticals when we're right behind him. You know, it was a cloudy, dreary kind of day. And we're running down now farm mark, farm-to-market road, and he's still dumping out pharmaceuticals. But he won't stop. He won't stop. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to be able to pit him off the road because he's so dang heavy. Mm-hmm. So here I am, a brand-new trooper, and I said, uh, Johnny, pull up beside him. And so Johnny pulled up beside him, and, and I rolled down my window, and I leaned out with my revolver, my Smith & Wesson Model 27, <laughs> and pretty much put it in his face. And the guy was bald, and he had red hair. He looked, literally looked like Bozo, Bozo the Clown. And so I, I shoved that pistol out there, and, and just, you know, I wasn't going to shoot him. Right. Because he, this is not a situation mm-hmm. where you're going to shoot somebody. I'm mm-hmm. just trying to get him to stop because yep. I don't know how else we're going to do it because we're the only people on the road. Mm-hmm. When he saw that, he, he nosed that thing down and, and just skidded over the railroad tracks uh, that, that crossed there. And so we went past him, and now he's put it in reverse, and we were having a race going backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. yeah. And so so he, he loses it when he goes back over the railroad tracks, and he hits the railroad track sign just perfectly, dead center, uh, and on the bumper in the back. And it lifted the, the drivetrain up off the, the tires up off the ground. So Johnny has turned it, turned the vehicle around, and now we're face to face. This guy, he can't go anywhere. And and I I know all about it because I just come out of the academy, and so I, I know that I'm supposed to switch it to the siren to PA and start giving all these directions. Show us your hands. Mm-hmm. We're with the highway patrol. Show us your hands. Drop your keys out. All those things I need to do. And I'm switching, I'm starting to talk, and I look up, and Johnny Waldrop is standing out the window, pulling him out the window into the bar ditch. <laughs> I don't know how he did it. He was a big guy, and Johnny wasn't a big guy, but the guy driving Bozo was a big guy. <laughs> so Johnny pulled him out on the ground, and he's, he's cuffing him when I go running up there, you know, because I thought I'm doing what we're supposed to do. And he had his knee in this guy's back, and he looked up at me and said, we don't always do what Austin teaches us. Yeah. <laughs> it's not all by the book. Yeah. So I, I learned a lesson that day. <laughs> Two weeks in. Yes. And, and learning severe yeah. lessons. Yeah. yeah. Was that your first bona fide chase? It was. Okay. It was. It was quite quite exciting. And okay. so there's, there's a second little story. This is not so, so long. The second story that, that comes from that. So we, we take him to the, the bad guy, Bozo. We take Bozo and what pharmaceuticals we could salvage. We took him to jail and put him in jail for possession of drugs as, mm-hmm. as well as running from the police. When we get through, we come back outside, and that's when the jail was at the top of the courthouse. That's, that was the thing back mm-hmm. in the day, that court, the jail was on top of the courthouse. <clears throat> so we go back out, and, and we get in that Plymouth, and Johnny's looking at me, and he said, You know, partner? I thought you were going to shoot him. 
I'm, I'm just there thinking <laughs> this is there's not something where you're going to pull the trigger on because you you know it, it's not a, a cause to do that right and I said well Johnny Johnny if if you you thought I was going to shoot him why didn't you stop me <laughs> he said I just want to see if you'd do it <laughs> <laughs> so. I, I learned. I probably learned more in those two weeks than I did in the the, the whole tw- academy. Twenty one weeks. Dude. Yeah. Well, I just learned that I didn't know that uh, state highway patrol troopers back then used Plymouth Furies. Mm-hmm. How long did that era last? You know, it. We my next highway patrol trooper car was, was a Ford. Okay. And and um, probably probably and that was about seventy eight. I think when I received that. Okay. And we we went to some Dodges. And, and some of those dodges I hated. Yeah. Um, and then to Chevrolet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, I, and, there and, was three iterations of the Plymouth Fury, I believe. It was a 440, as I recall. Okay. And man, it would run a hole in the wind. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The only reason I know, what, uh, well, I had a, I've had uncle and grandfathers that, you know, were car collectors and, mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> influential in that aspect. But I know what a Plymouth Fury is because of Stephen King. That's uh, yeah. why, yeah. Uh, now yeah. you weren't driving. I think that was a '58, maybe. Yeah. Plymouth. These these probably didn't resemble Christine yeah. at all. Yeah. I'm sure they were different. The mm. the later iterations, but yeah, probably not red. Probably not red and <laughs> not haunted. Yeah, Those, you don't have to worry about shooting somebody yeah. from Christine. She's going to do the job for you. So so I've heard you on a number of occasions draw the distinction between patrolman and trooper. What is it? Is it in name alone, or is there some finer distinction? Well, you, you know, it, it's the whole thing because we, we don't differentiate the sexes but because they were all men back mm-hmm. then. Gotcha. And, and now there there are women and, and men troopers, so it fits both. Mm-hmm. Okay, <clears throat> okay. The uh, So what point did that change come along? Because that, that seems like something that would have come along They're relatively recent sensitive about it now too i was really yeah i was witness to this yeah. this is just a few years ago in the tire store a trooper had come in and and the lady um at the desk checked him out and you know uh, sent him on with the bill and she said well thank you for your service officer and he's like ma'am it's trooper oh well, <laughs> well, okay you know that, i think that's kind of rude because <laughs> because, because officer fits, fits everybody it's fits everybody. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I wouldn't want somebody to think in, in fact i re- refer to my guys i do this little thing called while you're sleeping i don't know yeah i've seen, I've seen it. it oh sometimes i don't want to use deputy 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 sometimes i call them an officer just mm. and and it's fitting yeah so but the whole thing that your question doc was when that started probably in the 60s Okay, and and my dad was was in highway patrol from forty nine to fifty seven. Uh huh. That's uh wow. So forty nine, and and then wh- tell us about your dad. Like, what got him out of service? Well, he I said, mom, mom. Okay, mom. <laughs> okay, she, two things. She didn't think he was making enough money, which which he wasn't, and neither yeah. was I when I was on highway patrol. But boy, they're pay, getting paid well today, and, mm. and good for them. They deserve it. You bet. Um, but but my mom didn't think he was paid enough, but she was more so concerned he's going to get shot and killed because it was pretty common mm-hmm. back then that those guys have an accident, crash and die, or uh, they get run over, yeah. they they get shot. So she convinced him because now she had two children, me, me and my sister, and well, and third, my older brother who was who was an adopted brother. So she she was um, really the impetus behind that. Gotcha, gotcha. So it, and it seems to me, I've always had this 
I don't know this notion. I don't know if it's correct or not that municipal enforcement is is relatively safe and controlled, but once you get out on the highways, yeah, between municipalities, that's where all the the dirty stuff happens. No man's land. Yeah. Well, and of course, we we've all all got the, got some difficulties that we faced. The the local police as as well as sheriff's office and mm-hmm. and troopers who are out there, the state guys. Um. But especially when, when you're talking about Wise County, 923 square miles. And, and so I don't know. That's Bri- mind-boggling. Bridgeport is, is yeah. maybe maybe 8 or 10. Mm-hmm. Decatur's maybe 8 or 10 square miles. So it, it puts you in a little bit of a different environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're going to get to that. But I, I still want to continue on with your, your personal mm-hmm. journey. Um, what point did you um, make the change from uh, a trooper to uh, a Texas Ranger? Well... Um, this, now, you, we want to talk about okay, pres- so prestige. Okay, we, we yeah. really switched. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. I want to get this out of the way okay. before we move on to other... I like it. Before, we get, before we get too derailed. This the, is important uh, stuff to me. I agree. Before I agree. before we get the tough questions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I've truly enjoyed my six years as, as a highway patrol trooper. Mm-hmm. But but I, I, I'll tell you, this this goes back. This goes back to Rockwell. Um my dad had been a highway patrolman, and one day, my dad and I were, were sitting inside the Yellow Jacket Grill. I probably was 10, 11 years old, something like that, and, and, and the, the sheriff of Rockwall County came in, and, and the sun was, was coming up in the east, and through that screen door, <clears throat> when the sheriff came in, W.J. Price was his mm-hmm. name, and he had another guy with him with a big hat and wearing a suit. And I said, man, who is that guy? Mm-hmm. And so I leaned over to my dad, and I said, Dad, who's that with our sheriff? And he said, well, man, that's, that's Charlie Moore. I said, yeah, well, who's Charlie Moore? And he said, well, he's the Texas Ranger for, for Rockwall in this area. And so what does the Texas Ranger do? So he told me a little bit about the Texas Rangers. I didn't know anything. And I don't know that I've ever seen or heard of one. <clears throat> and so there he was, Charlie Moore. And he came over and spoke to me. He knew my dad. And Spoke to him, and I mean, I was just starstruck talking to this Texas Ranger. I didn't know what to say, what to do. I was just kind of, yes, sir, yes, sir, thank you, sir, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So a few months later, so I I must have been a little bit older because I was in junior high, 12, 13 years old. So Charlie Moore came to um, our, our junior high assembly to talk to us about Texas Rangers and what's it like being a Texas Ranger. And I'm sitting on the front row because I want to hear this mm-hmm. because I'm all about this deal. And Charlie Moore is walking back and forth, and I'm on the front row, and he's walk, walking back and forth, and he's got done, He's not wearing one pistol. He's wearing two. <laughs> and, 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 and they're both 1911s with the hammers back and, oh, yeah. and, and ivory grips with longhorns, gold longhorns. He's making a show oh, of yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, I think that's the only way that legally <laughs> you can carry 1911s is with the hammers back, isn't it? Well, no, you, you can carry it just about any, any ways you want to. But the guys who are in law enforcement, they're going to carry it that oh, way yeah. because they need to be able to use it when yeah, these that's how What do they call it? that, like yeah. Condition 3 or something? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. That's how mine is right now, though. Yeah. It's, it's, it's always got the hammer back. back right? with, with, with a round in the chamber. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So you got got to have it ready, so... I'm sitting there, and, and I, I pull my foot feet back because that those pistols are going right over my toes, and I see the hammer back. Because I was I, as, as a kid, I was a hunt hunter, and I oh, was yeah. always out shooting something, BB gun or twenty two. Mm-hmm. 
That's the, that's the way Rockwell was back then. You can't imagine it now looking at Rockwell. Yeah, yeah. no, it's probably it's very much an extension of Dallas. Yeah. Well, yeah. that and it, it's sad because these days kids, which I have a, a young kid, mm-hmm. they they would never look at that gun and think any. They would it would never cross their minds. out. Mm-hmm. maybe few of them mm-hmm. out there that would, but yeah, that's it's sad that we've mm-hmm. we've come from that to where yeah. we we were around gun. I mean, they used to teach you how to shoot in school. Yes, yeah, even. I, I and, think the. Yes, we're still a, a very much a gun culture state, but there's nobody. There's a lack of education. Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, we grew up having it literally beat into us. You don't point a gun at anything unless yeah. you intend to yeah, pull the right. trigger. Mm-hmm. And that was, I mean, when I say beat into <laughs> us, <laughs> beat yeah. into us, uh, absolutely. That's not happening these days. Yeah. It's people are kids are getting their education from Call of Duty or whatever video games. Yeah. I'm not here to disparage video games; right. they have their place, but. Man, we got. There's got to be a way for some discipline to mm-hmm, to yeah. come into play at some point. But anyway, back to it. That's, uh, no, no, that's okay. Uh, um, so Charlie Moore is walking back and forth, and finally, when he got through, he he told a story about catching some bad guys in the cabin, and it was great, and I enjoyed it. And he said, "You you kids have any any questions?" And I was the first one to raise my hand, and I said, "Mr. Moore, I, I noticed that the hammers are back on those pistols. Uh, <laughs> is that dangerous?" He said, "Sonny, it's dangerous. I always remember it's mm-hmm. dangerous." So that that really stuck in my mind. So so we go back to 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 your question. I wanted to be I was on highway patrol, and mm-hmm. and, and so let me tell you another story with Charlie Morris. Okay, you'll mean different direction. So I was out working one afternoon after I'd been on probably four or five years on highway patrol. Now I'm in the car by myself. Johnny Waller's moved on, and now I'm, I'm on patrol by myself and. And I see uh, this vehicle, sedan, headed toward Cooper on the highway, again, 224. And so I lit him up because he's going way too fast. And I came around behind him, lights on. He pulled over to the side and got out. It was Charlie Moore. Oh, man. (laughs) Charlie Moore. So he he was still a ranger at the time. Um, And I think he may have been a sergeant, supervisor of that area. And and I shook his hand. I told him that story I just told y'all. And he said, let's go get some coffee. So we re- drove back into Commerce, and I sat and talked to him. And he, he said, I told him, I said, I, I want to be a ranger one day. He said, don't ever tell anybody you want to be a ranger. Huh. Wait until it's time to take the test, and then you can, can talk about it because people will get uh, resentful if if you're trying to move into the ranger. So. I kept it under my hat. I didn't tell anybody except my wife. My wife knew. When you, when you say people get resentful, who, what, well, people within DPS, within the okay, uh, yeah, yeah. DPS, okay. because th- there's this this jealousy. You, mm-hmm. you know, there was criminal investigations, uh, criminal intel, the narcotics group. So uh, they they resented the Rangers because the Rangers got all the attention. It's kind of kind of like the FBI, ATF. DEA. Everybody knows mm-hmm. about the FBI. Then some people don't know the other things. So there's a right. little bit, little bit, little bit of jealousy. So I kept it under my hat. So I, I, I made a run to become a, a narcotics agent. Knew that it would get me a little closer to the Rangers. I'll be working with the Rangers on occasion, and I, I was promoted to the narcotics service um, in 1983, and went to Tyler. Okay, and then it was there. I was there five years working undercover, and that's when methamphetamine was was really rolling. Mm. Manufacturing of methamphetamine in Texas. I didn't know it was that early in East Texas, in, no in, doubt. In the yeah. early eighties. Oh right. yeah. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it it, uh, it rolled in probably the late seventies, early eighties. Yeah, um, and it it was quite an experience to uh, see all of those drug labs and, and get mm-hmm. involved and and actually be making transactions with those guys who were, were making dope <clears throat> back in the day. And then the federal government uh, controlled phenylacetic acid. Yeah, and that that shut it down and until the Nazi method came in. Okay, so back to becoming a ranger. <clears throat> it was always in in my head. Really, nobody but Kay and my mom and dad. They were still alive at the time, so so they knew that that I was looking at that. And so, after about five years working undercover, uh, I went in and told my lieutenant Jim York, uh, said, "Hey, I'm I'm going to make a run at, at Ranger." And so I took the test and went to Austin. You know, if you, if you did well enough, they take you, and then they do an interview board. So there were about 500 of us who took the test, and they took 40. Ooh, wow. And then the, the 40 were interviewed in a week's long time. So I, I got in, interviewed on like a Wednesday or a Thursday. I can't remember exactly. So it's a difficult process. It's not just, it's like, hey, we like you, and you've got the experience. Yeah. You're on. No, there's it's like less than 10%. Credentialing, and yeah, far less than 10% make, it the, make the grade. Yeah. Oh, Okay. Then I'm guessing you have to already be in some sort of law enforcement before you can go to that. Well, at at that time you had to be eight years in in DPS. Oh, okay. But but now it's four years in DPS. I think the the young guys now who are rangers may, mm-hmm. may say it differently. But I think what it is right now, you got to have four years with DPS and then at least four years somewhere else. So it's still eight years, but you can have four years somewhere else. Oh, okay. But for sure, you have to go through <clears throat> DPS wow. to get. That's, yes. and, mm-hmm. and that's so, a you know the law enforcement people who get into DPS and then subsequently get into uh, Texas Ranger. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're looking at a narrow mm-hmm. sliver mm-hmm. of the pie mm-hmm. at that point. So you were one so, of the 40 wow. selected. Yes. Okay. Well, it, it was, it was just the, the test. Mm-hmm. So you had to score in the top 40. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So it wasn't, it wasn't yeah. written, written test. Yeah, it, it was. Yes. Oh, okay. A written test that, that, that we took in our, in our home region. And then if we, we did well enough, they call us to Austin. Okay. Oh, you know, I, I was so serious about it that I made a bunch of cassette tapes on all the test questions that I could think of. And I put these little jokes in there every now and then thinking that was a good idea. I'm going to enjoy this so much. <laughs> but after I listened to them 50 times, I said, dang, Lane, why'd you do that? Just, what, a, what a waste of time. Do you still have said cassettes? I suspect I do. So really? That'd be, that'd be neat to get yeah. back out one day. So, so what point did you learn you were in trooper, not trooper school, ranger, ranger school? Oh, is there a school, or well, is it just a job? There, well, you you go into the job right away, okay. But, but they send you to one school after another after another. Mm. So you'll you'll come home for maybe a week, then you're away for two weeks, come back, and go in, back and forth. So it when when I became a ranger, um, they sent me to Columbus. Um, I was headed north on um, Highway sixty nine out of Tyler that Friday after I'd tested and after I'd been interviewed. And the, the radio came on and said, Lane, you need to call Austin and talk to Maurice Cook. Came through a back channel, you know, that we had on the undercover lines and mm-hmm. narcotics channels. Mm-hmm. So I, I stopped at Kid Jones there in Mineola. It's cold, boy, it's cold. <laughs> 
and we didn't have cell phones. That, of course, when you say that kids, you think they can't believe you might not even remember that yeah. there was a time without cell phones. Well, yeah, yeah, that's that we, we do reminisce <clears throat> yeah. on on just that bare, notion. Barely, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, if we weren't better. at a place, <laughs> somebody couldn't get a hold of us. Yeah, yeah, it's like we had to be at a place, and and the person getting a hold of us had to know, yeah, where we were at. Mm-hmm. It's like times were different back then, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they were, and we didn't have social media, and that that, that was enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. It was better. It <laughs> yeah, was well, better. <laughs> so uh, yeah. the secretary out of uh, Tyler said, "Give give Maurice Cook a call." So I I pulled in the Kid Jones convenience store there on on the north side of sixty on Minneola on sixty nine. I mean, my heart was just pounding because Maurice Cook was a senior ranger captain. <clears throat> so I I got out and dialed him up. I knew the. 512 number to to the Austin office and then just asked to speak with Maurice Cook and they put me on the phone with with Maurice and and I I was pretty pumped up you know a little bit frightened and I, I said well Captain Cook this lane they can understand you're looking for me and he said yeah I got something to talk to you about and he said uh, you're going to be a Texas Ranger mm. and so I was I mean I was pumped and I, there was a vacancy in Athens, which is just like 30 miles from Tyler. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, man, I'm going to Athens. Yeah. It's going to mm-hmm. be great. But then he said, and you're going to Columbus. And I thought, dang. Where is Columbus, Texas? That was what I asked. Yeah. <laughs> so, because I'm thinking Ohio, Ohio and yeah. Georgia. Yeah. And, and no, Lane, there's a Columbus in Texas. We wouldn't be sending a Texas Ranger to Ohio <laughs> or Georgia. He said, he told me, he said, it is between um, between Houston and San Antonio, Right off I ten, just on the north side of I ten, he said, he said, get an apple and a road map. I remember mm-hmm. he said, and and be there. I think it was January fifth, and report for duty. Wow! <laughs> so I'm I'm excited about it, but I'm a little bit upset because my wife was thinking we're going to stay in the Tyler area. Mm-hmm. So I had to break that. Tear. You had to break that news. Yeah. Mm. And what how, was your wife doing? How at did the she time? take that? Yeah. But, so what? so she was a teacher. Okay. Um, she was teaching in Lindale. And so I I went in that day to, to tell her, um, at her classroom, and and she was uh, disappointed, mm-hmm. but but she accepted it. Bless her heart, she's followed me all over this state. I can't mm-hmm. believe that she's put up with me the way that she has. And it was it was a hardship for the family. We had two little ones at, mm-hmm. at the time, um, and to move that far away, and mm-hmm. we still had a lot of family in in North yeah. North Texas. So we were moving a pretty good way from them, and they're going to be upset because their grandkids now are down in Columbus between Houston and San Antonio. Yeah, man, and 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 that's so much farther probably back then because you had thirty five and you had Highway forty five, mm-hmm. but Columbus is in between like the two of them. Yeah, there there were some cutoff roads that, that you could take and and kind of go toward College Station, uh-huh. hit, hit Highway six, and and then hit seven. And then going down yeah. from there, down yeah. from Brenham. Yeah, so right. it, it was a trip, and it, and it wasn't an easy trip. Back yeah. when you stop, had to stop and get a road atlas. Yeah, back <laughs> whenever the speed limit was yeah. 55. Oh, man, those days. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're, it was. We're young, but we're old enough to remember 55-mile-per-hour <laughs> yeah. speed limits. Yep. That was a boring speed limit. <laughs> <That was Yeah>. <laughs> <terrible>. <laughs> 
I remember when 70 and 75 first started coming out. It's like, oh, my God. Yep. We're, like, we're yeah. about to lift off. Then we're sailing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, was thinking, I was thinking, I can't do this. I can't, I can't, I can't do 55. Yeah. Yeah. You can't drive 55. The only good thing about 55 yeah. is better gas mileage. Well, that's yeah. true. That's it. But then you just don't get there. At all. <laughs> extra, extra <laughs> okay, so did your wife uh, finish out the school year and then follow she, you? She did, and so that that's what we always did. Every time that I transferred somewhere else, yep. um, she finished the school year, and then she and the kids would, would join. Uh, so I told her, one of the things I told her when, when I was, was leaving um, the narcotics service, moving into the Ranger, I said, it's going to be better, you know, because it won't be un- undercover all the time. You won't have to worry yeah. with me hanging around with all of this scum. Literally scum, mm-hmm. scum and the meth makers that were out there. Yeah, that's some dense, yeah, wooded area mm-hmm. out there. Oh, it, it was kind of a tough time. She was she was kind of frightened for me from time to time. And, and you know, we had an undercover line that I could forward from the office to our house, and so she wouldn't answer the phone because she knew that it may have something to do with the undercover work. So she was a little bit paranoid about all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I tried to keep her coached up as much much as possible. <clears throat> she is one. I told you I get headed down. Up. Rabbit trails from time. <laughs> no, to you're good. That's <laughs> perfectly fine. I'm following. We, we do yeah. it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, she she was good about following me and and coming down. Um, and when we moved to Columbus, I told her, I said it's going to be so much better because I'll I'll be home more often. I, I won't be working all the time. I won't be out in this undercover world. But I'll be able to come home every night. Texas Ranger, I mean, is upstanding. You have, you know, you're not going to have to be hiding from people and pretending mm-hmm. you're somebody else all the time. That was a weird deal. But is that something that went on with being a state trooper? Narcotics. No, no, that's, or, or narcotics. Yeah, yeah, I got you. The, okay, the, yeah, the narcotics deal. Yeah. So she and the kids stayed in, in Lindale, and and now I'm I'm in Columbus, living with a trooper, mm-hmm. um, just sharing an apartment with him. And, I, and my family wasn't there, so I just worked all the time. I, I had three counties. I had, I had Colorado County, that's Columbus, then Austin County, and Fayette County. And you talk about some great guys to work with. Mm-hmm. So I worked all the time, and, and then when my family got there, they expected I'm still going to work all the time. And so I did. I just kept working. And one night I came in after they'd been there probably for a couple of months, and when I came in the house, she turned her back to me and kind of stomped away. And I said, have I done something to offend you? And she said, you already knew the answer. You, you haven't been here long enough to offend me. <laughs> so I, I tried to dial it back. But, you know, when, when you start working with, with other agencies, they, they have an expectation that you'll be there. Yeah. And if you don't show up, they won't call you. And that's, that's what's unusual about the Rangers. They really don't have original jurisdiction or venue in that deal because that's the local agency. Mm-hmm. And the reason the Rangers are there because those guys want you to be there because they, they know you're, you're going to be helpful. You, you bring some level of understanding and experience. And plus they enjoy your presence. And, uh-huh. and, and if you piss them off, they don't call you. They won't uh, call you. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. So, so you're not, yeah, you don't necessarily have a prescribed job, mm-hmm. but it's you're there to kind of make your own business, so to speak. Well, yeah. So, so the Rangers have a jurisdiction, oftentimes on corruption. Okay. Officer involved shootings, deaths in the jail. So we've got to have them that that neutral agency. But they they bring a a, a bigger part of the pie 
through the investigations, especially with all things that are crime-related, especially the violent crimes like, like murders, robberies, sexual assaults. So, so they're very helpful, and it's not only the ranger themselves, but they bring all of the stuff that the state of Texas can can send as well. Gotcha. So, from so a the, resource so standpoint, the, the crime crime yeah. labs access to to some systems through the analytics that that they use, and they're very good at it, um, as, as well as aircraft. Mm. Huh? Yeah, that's that, and and so we have a ranger. Yes, now. We have that? we actually well we we just lost one, um, Job Espinoza. We he okay. tran- he transferred back home. Good good kid, and he's doing a good job. Everybody loved him. He's a hard worker, and he he was very knowledgeable. So so he helped us on a lot of our a lot of our cases. So so now we actually have two two rangers uh, stationed here in Indicator, um, and they're both brand new, and they they seem like great guys. Um, Ronnie, uh, I can't remember Ronnie's last name right now, he, but he's brand new. And then Patrick Garcia, he was a trooper here. Oh yeah, yeah. So Patrick is back a, as as a ranger. I think I might have been pulled over by huh. Garcia. That name yeah. sounds familiar. If, wasn't hey. driving fifty five. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm still mad at Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get pulled over too? <laughs> no, no. He 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 pulled over a, a a person who was running for president by the name of Kokesh back in the day. Okay, and and so. He was in in possession of quite a few drugs, and so mm. he put him in our jail. This wasn't, and, and we faded all kinds of hell from people all <laughs> over the world, and and nobody even knows who Patrick no, is. This uh-huh. wasn't that long ago, was it? It this was w- about three years ago. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> three or four years ago. So I, I criticize him all the time. I, I wish he would have taken him maybe to the Jack County Jail or something, <laughs> right. not the Wise County Jail. I mean, you we, ended up on the news yeah. uh, and inter- being interviewed for that, right? Yes, there are people with, with video cameras out there. Yeah, the Libertarians came yeah, after yeah, you. Yeah, well, that was that was a tough one. We didn't have anything to do. it. We're just housing. <laughs> yeah. We're putting a roof over the yeah. guy's head. Leave yeah. me alone. So that that was a tough time. It it really was. It it went went on for about two weeks and. Whew, Mm. I'm still mad at Patrick over there. But, and <laughs> I tell I, him nobody still knows basis. who the hell that candidate is no. either. No. I've never heard of him. Uh-uh. No. Yep. So when you say they're stationed in Decatur, is that kind of like where you – so each ranger, it's it's county, right? He's yes. He's over a, a group of counties? Well, uh, I think these two guys have, have only Wise County and Cook County. Oh, okay. Now, so when I was in, in Columbus, uh, we moved back to North Texas, and, and I, I was able to move into the Wise County. In 1992, so during that time, I was responsible for Jack Montague in Wise County. Okay, and I'm, I'm here because Phil Ryan convinced, okay. convinced me to come here, um, and and I'm very thankful for this. Is as a ranger? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So so Phil and I we crossed paths in in Huntsville, um, and he he was running for sheriff mm-hmm. at the time, mm-hmm. and he wanted a ranger who would not be brand new, someone who had some experience. And he said, "Would would you transfer to to uh, Decatur?" And I said, "I don't know. I'll, when I get home, I'll we'll make a trip up there and drive around." And, and it just put us just down three eighty. Well, that was when you could drive three eighty. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you, I mean, when you get the other side of, of uh, Denton, now you can't drive. <laughs> no, you, you cannot. Did you, did you yeah. know that there are fifty stoplights between Highway? Uh, I guess thirty five and and seventy five. I would have not have guessed 50, that. I knew there's a lot. But fifty it's, traffic yeah. lights. Stop, yeah. yeah, stop. Go. So we still had family in Collin County, 
and it, it worked out very well uh, for us and the kids, and we really enjoyed it here and, and still here now. And so it was 92, and I was kind of thinking, you know, just being here since 92, I wouldn't have a chance to be elected sheriff because I'm I'm an outsider. <laughs> but they forgave me of that and, and elected me. I'm I'm thankful for that. Was was Wise County in that? Um, was meth prolific then, or was it just starting to kind of trickle in into this area at that point? You know, they actually controlled. I'm I'm not exact. I'm not sure exactly when it was controlled. The phenylacetic acid because they were manufacturing 15, 20, 30 pounds at a time mm-hmm. methamphetamine. That was a big deal, That's big a huge big haul because yeah. you're you're talking about thousands upon thousands, if not millions of dollars for, mm-hmm. for what they were cooking. Mm. Wow. So they they controlled that, and I think it was controlled probably um, just about the time I became a ranger. They controlled it. Okay. But then they they found out about the ephedrine. That they mm-hmm. could they could use, it's not is it in Fedrin? I think I think yeah, Fedra, Sudafed, Thank thank you very Pseudo, much. Pseudo Fedrin, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. yeah. So so now if you want Pseudo Fedrin, you you got to go get it from behind the counter. It's and You got to show a driver's yep. license. Mm-hmm. So they they've controlled that again. So that means that all the methamphetamine went away. The manufacturing went away yep. from Texas and the United States, but it became a bigger problem. Because it's being manufactured in Mexico. So, sure. so rather than 20, 30 pounds, they're making hundreds and thousands mm-hmm. of pounds at the same time. So when I was working undercover, uh, a gram of methamphetamine was about $100. That's a sweet and low package. Okay. okay. Now it's 25 or $30 a gram. So mm-hmm. it's so gone down. Cheap. and 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 it's it's more potent too because the dopers of our time, uh-huh. when I was working undercover, they, they would water it down with with superior B or any number of powder things just to make it like it looks like methamphetamine, but a lot of it's not methamphetamine. So they're making a bunch of money. So now it's 97% methamphetamine that these people are getting a hold of. Man. I've never seen that stuff in person. I've probably been around it because some of the friends I used to hang out with ended up going that way and wrecking their lives. But I've never seen it. The only experience Mm -hmm. I have with visualization of it is Breaking Bad. The, the yeah, blue. well, you know that's that, that's surprisingly correct. Is it? Yeah. So it does come in a blue tint. Yes, on occasion. It just it kind of depends on the chemicals and yeah. the way it works out. Huh? There's a real Walter Man, White out there somewhere. Yeah. And, and if you know, even though this is an illegal product, it follows like normal business dynamics in mm-hmm. that. Yeah, you move something out of the country to cheaper labor to mm-hmm. laxer regulatory yeah. atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter whether it's the socks you're wearing, you know, that you're buying from China mm-hmm. or the meth that you're getting from Mexico. Mm-hmm. Right. But, uh, but there's yeah, still structure so associated with like professional structure associated with its distribution. Well, yeah. It is as professional as cartels can be. Yeah. Hazardly. Yeah. yeah. That's, and, and that's scary too. Mm-hmm. Like the, uh, legitimate, uh, mm-hmm. le- le- What's legitimacy? Yep. Legitimation of is that of a real cartels? word? I don't, I don't know. know. I think you might have just made that one up. Okay, let's go. For, let's go. Yeah, yeah, let's go <laughs> for the show. It's you know, a real it's word. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. The cartel becoming legitimate as business interest. Mm-hmm. You know, as as it integrates also with like the Mexican government mm-hmm. and well, not just Mexico, but. But, well, now yeah. they are in legitimate business. I think they're they're in the avocado mm-hmm. business, and they've they've yeah. used their money to be in legitimate legal business, which is 
kind of frightening, but I'm not here to piss off the I cartel. I know. There's a rabbit <laughs> hole. We just went down a rabbit hole. Yeah, I'm not yeah, here to yeah, piss yeah. off the cartel. Um, no, but that's interesting. I feel like there's yeah. some big events that we could probably talk about during your time uh, with being a Texas Ranger. Mm-hmm. Um, the Waco siege? Yes. Um, you, you were involved with that. I, I was. Um, Is this when you were in Decatur? Or? I was. I was stationed okay. here, here in Decatur, and, and actually I had a car phone at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it, okay. I didn't didn't have a cell phone, but I, I carried my pocket. But I had had a car phone. It was there. Now we're 90s. talking this about is... a phone that still had a wire <laughs> that plugged into the, the car, the, the yeah. bag, yeah. the bag. It, phone. it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> probably better. Probably better signal, yeah. and then oh, yeah. than I, what I have here with my <laughs> mobile phone. <laughs> probably. So my my son and I had been um, in quail hunting out in Sterling County, mm-hmm. and we were on our way back on February twenty eighth, and and my bag phone started ringing <clears throat> and um it was uh was my captain bobby prince he was captain actually in company f which is where it was waco's company f headquarters and so bobby prince said that that i need to be making some plans because i'm probably going to need to go to to waco um and and help he said make sure you, you pack enough clothes for two weeks and and i knew that mm. it was not going to be two weeks I got home and and then I ended up talking to Captain Prince a, another time and we were ordered to be down there on on March second, mm-hmm. um, and so so we did. And the reason that that they wanted the Rangers there is is the AUSA Assistant U.S. Attorney uh, there in Waco <clears throat> wanted a neutral entity to investigating investigating the death of those four ATF agents, which mm-hmm. at at that moment that was the largest loss of law enforcement at one time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were down there and started with, with a briefing with, with ATF. Um, and it was just un- unbelievable. Um, it's kind of hard to talk about because I get pissed off. Bring yeah. it back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It, um, because there were some things that, that happened there, not, not from the actions of what the ATF agents did. Mm-hmm. They were doing their job. Mm-hmm. They really were. They were ambushed. But they knew. They knew. ATF knew mm-hmm. that the Branch Davidians knew they were coming. <clears throat> and they shouldn't have done it. But yeah. they wanted to rush it up. And so the the bosses decided this is what we're going to do. We're going to go anyway and hopefully everything's all right. But you've lost the surprise. Mm-hmm. Right, and so they went about the business of arming themselves and and getting ready to take it out. And, and oddly enough, the the guy who was was driving that red and white Ford pickup was a friend of mine, ATF oh. agent, still is. And I just talked to him on the phone just a couple of days or so ago, and he had come back from from quail hunting. And uh, they shouldn't have. They, you know, looking back on it, it's not so much that they went when they shouldn't have gone. Mm-hmm. It's more so that when we got there and we had that briefing, there were two leaders of the ATF who lied to us. Mm. And that's what's that's, led to the, I guess the recent documentaries that have come out uh, with a, an opposing point of view, I guess, as they've, that those lies have come to surface. Um, no, it's this, I think I haven't seen that documentary and, and I, I try not to watch too much of that stuff. But it was real evidence. Mm-hmm. The, the real evidence is that, that those ATF agents were doing their job. Yeah. And unfortunately, four of them 
were killed. Then there was a cover-up. They were just covering up the fact that they didn't want the world to know that they knew that they'd been tipped off. And, and I know how they were tipped off. We all know, those of us who were there, because there was a, a, a postman uh, who ran into a media guy, and the media guy asked the postman, where is the Branch Davidian compound? And he asked mm-hmm. him, why you asking that? Because the ATF is going to have a raid there. And so it just so happened that, that the, the guy who was the postman was also a member of the compound. Mm. So he ran back and told them. And uh, so they, they started pulling out their long guns. And, I mean, we're talking about 50 cal. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, um, these people were armed. Yeah. So it was a it was a big deal. See, y'all got me all, all riled, <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> riled up. I'll I'll try to stay. I stay, can't believe that that whole guys. situation still remains somewhat relevant, and even in today's mm-hmm. culture, like it it continues to get brought up. Yep. Sure. But do you think it, that it was a big deal? How do you think that influenced uh, law enforcement activities since then? Going on forward. Yeah. Well, uh, it, it's influenced me a lot. Okay. Uh, and and I think it it has a hand in, in how that that we. Have, have run the sheriff's office. If if y'all ever come in my office, you'll see a flag mm-hmm. that's in a, in a frame behind mm-hmm. an old desk, and and that came from the Branch Davidian compound. Mm. I signed it that night. We took it down after the fire, April nineteenth, the night of the April nineteenth. So that the flag was left by the FBI. They they took their armored vehicles mm-hmm. because there was a flag, and they took that off, and then they lashed it to the the compound's bus that was there. So I cut it down, signed it, and and so my partner, Ranger partner with Johnny Walter, was the same guy who was my break-in partner in Highway Patrol. Mm-hmm. So I folded it up and put it in the office, and and then I mean put it in the truck of my car, and then, and I framed it and I hang it in in my office because I look at that every day. We all look at that every day, and we're going to do law enforcement the right way mm-hmm. because there were some mistakes. So, so the the common thread theme, maybe I should say, the common theme that I hear from those documentaries when when somebody asks me about it is that the FBI actually started the fire, and that it was the FBI who killed all of those people, somewhere around eighty eight, and I think about nineteen of them were children. So. Uh, the the real story on that is is that the Branch Davidians started that fire, mm-hmm. and and Koresh, David Koresh, which is a made up name, mm-hmm. he's just a goof off kid from Brownsboro that <clears> ended Texas. up with a little bit of power, yeah, by suggestion. And so he was mm-hmm. good at speaking, and so he had all these people believing that Armageddon was upon him. And he kept talking about Armageddon, Armageddon, Armageddon. And when it didn't come, he created it. Mm-hmm. So there's absolutely no doubt. I've seen the evidence. I know the evidence. I've heard the evidence. I picked up the evidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was started on the inside by the Branch Davidians at the direction of, of Koresh. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and we, there, were, there were, they call it T3. Well, they're listening devices inside. Mm-hmm. So we heard that conversation. They started it, but the, most of those documentaries talk about the FBI mm-hmm. when, when they they rammed those. Yeah, 
uh, those vehicles in the there, yeah. yeah, and sending sending in the the gas, they blame the FBI. But and and if if I could, you know, if I could knock the FBI down, I'd be glad too, because I get mad at them all the time. Sure, but <laughs> but I get over it, and and I I really enjoy working with them because they they bring a lot of stuff to mm-hmm. to the game. Sure. And we in law enforcement have really got to look at every avenue to mm-hmm. make sure we get crime solved. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, um, but the FBI had nothing to do with starting that fire. So that's or, not too difficult to believe. Like uh, uh, even the right alternative versions these documentaries are presenting, the underlying theme is David, whoever, whatever his real name was, David Kresh is a psychopath. <laughs> so Agreed, why yeah. wouldn't why wouldn't that happen on yeah. his watch? Why why, why mm-hmm. wouldn't he'd be above that. He's not. So yeah, but there, what I'm also hearing out. is it's <clears throat> it's not a black and white situation, and, and it could have been avoided with some artful uh, handling, you know, by the ATF yeah. or uh, that there's a lot of lessons to be learned from that. Mm. And and that's and, – and it was a dynamic, complex, horrible mm-hmm. situation – well, it, it it was, and and I think there were a little bit of politics involved. Yeah, sure. And and, and I, I put the blame on the, on those two supervisors who who ran that uh, briefing that we had that day, because I, as as I understand from the ATF agents that they had had a little bad press over maybe some recruiting practices, mm-hmm. and they were looking for something to bring them up, yeah, in in, in the world. Uh, so, so they decided because they had worked, they had worked, they had worked, they had trained, and they were ready to go. They put in a lot of time, and then right at the last minute, they found find out that it's been snitched off, and and they knew they were they were coming. And they still continued on and, with the raid. And they went on because yeah. they put all this time into the training, as well as they're trying to lift their image in society. So, um, so how much of of your life did that subsume, as as far as you know the time from March until that lasted. That was a good, yeah. yeah so so long raid. I was there March second, which oddly enough is Texas Independence Day. Huh. I was there on March second through probably June June fifteenth. Okay. Wow. That's uh, and and so, then that's a stressful period. I mean, that, that was a little longer than two weeks. As, yeah. as, as well. <laughs> Wise County was ready yeah. to get the Ranger back. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, and Lane was ready to get back to Wise County. I, yeah. I missed Wise County so badly. I imagine your wife was. At, is that probably the longest you'd been away from home at one stretch? Uh, it, it was, and, and we were in the process of, of building a house on on the north oh, side God. north side of, <laughs> of Decatur, and uh, it, I spent a lot of time on my car phone mm-hmm. talking <laughs> talking to her in, in the in the nighttime. Um, I was probably gone. A, it was ten months. When I was with George W. Bush, okay, but I would I would come home every now and then, <clears throat> and I wasn't away on a you know just a steady basis. Mm-hmm. But uh, with George Bush, is like I'd, I'd be gone for maybe two weeks, then I'd be home for a couple of days, then I'd be gone again. Okay. So what was what was that? Yeah, let's fast forward to this. I mean, we're going from yeah. Clinton era now to yeah. so, so yeah. George, George W. Bush, w. Bush. President Bush. George W. Bush. Yeah, not not yeah. H. Bush. The first. Yeah, the first so one. yeah, so so he was uh, no the second one, right? Yeah, was it the yeah. second. Yeah, yeah. Oh, George George W. Okay. Yeah, so he he was governor at the time, and uh, they they selected a few folks knowing that he was going to run for president. 
um, they selected a few folks to go and, and help in the security and just the movement. Um, so they, they sent us to a little mini secret service kind of training that was, uh, that was enjoyable. Um, and, and then sent us out on the campaign trail. And, and you know, I was apolitical. Uh, <clears throat> I was conservative, Christian, yeah. but, but I, I was apolitical. I wasn't interested in politics at all. But, but that was a fascinating 10 months. I could not believe <clears throat> what it takes to yeah. run for president. And of course, you know, I'm just one of those security guys mm-hmm. making sure we get from point A to point B without uh-huh. getting shot at. Uh, but just all the inner workings and, and the teams and the things that they do, it was just unbelievable. Who coordinates appointing you as a, as an agent then for, for the president? Or the, and was that all Texas Rangers? Ones? No, no. There, there were other folks, some folks from, from uh, the Intel, Intel group. Oh, okay. And uh, I don't think there are any narcotics agents, a few troopers. Mm-hmm. But, but there, there was a governor protection detail okay. of, of maybe – Five or ten people okay. down down in Austin, so so they helped us, or they brought us in to kind of supplement what what they were doing. Okay, and it was the folks in Austin who made the decision who who was was going to take part in so it. You undoubtedly had probably had your name thrown out there or recommended by somebody. Yes, and okay. and I don't know exactly how it happened, and and I was kind of excited about it at first because mm-hmm. it, it can be relentless being a ranger because mm-hmm. I I was getting called out every. Probably every three, three of every seven nights, I'd be mm. called out. Yeah, that. So I, I, I was really burning out a little bit. So I thought, man, this this would be great, a little, little change of pace. And, uh-huh. and I, I was looking forward to it. But then living out of a suitcase for ten months, that I, wasn't I, good. I, I was pretty pretty sick of it. So so <clears throat> you said pace, which is great because we 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 did a little research and we we heard that you were one of the only ones that could keep up with. <laughs> uh, in a, in a foot race, <laughs> he he was fast, and and you know he's about ten years older than me. Um, and no, I couldn't keep up with him. I, no. I, I really couldn't. I mean, he he was he was quite the physical specimen. Um, I could stay with him if we're on a treadmill, yeah, because I'd just be on the one next to him, just not going as fast as he was. <laughs> <laughs> but but we we sometimes we'd try to keep up with him on a bicycle. But I mean, the guy could run and run for a long time, yeah. and any time he had some kind of event that night he wanted to just wear himself out i guess kind of take care of some of the nerves mm-hmm. they still reside in texas don't they the bush family yeah are they close uh, i guess around the houston area no he actually lives he actually lives in dallas okay but he's he's got a ranch in crawford and he's part owner of the astros now right oh no, i didn't i didn't know I, that i think Could he's be. involved with the ownership of that team now i, mm-hmm. I know he has been yeah, i don't, I don't know, know if yeah. he still is mm-hmm. and is don't get me to lying about sports i've is, got his book that, is, isn't he the uh, – don't he draw? He's an yes, artist too? Artist. Yeah, I've got a book yeah. of all of his illustrations and his descriptions yeah. of the influence for him. Yeah. So so did did your involvement with that change how you feel about being apolitical or how apolitical – it's like what kind of appreciation did you gain for politics as such uh, seeing that? You know, I, I think the, the – <clears throat> lesson that has really stuck with me more than anything and try to, to stay away from, from politics. But I, I look at your, your shirt, so I think it's okay. Sometimes to say it's hard. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sometimes it's hard yeah. to stray away from. Yeah, yeah. So, so we would go out, and in a, this specific day, we were in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. and, and we'd gone to an event, and, and I'd go back. When I'd get back to the room, I'd, I'd usually 
pull up the news because I want to see what's going on. And I was a hardcore CNN guy. Mm. Yeah. Back then, I actually went to CNN headquarters and watched them huh. and walk in through the studio. And it was great. I had the T-shirt and a pullover yeah. shirt, CNN. I was proud of it. Are they out of and, Atlanta, Georgia? Is yes. That, okay. uh, yeah. So we, we were right there. And and at that time, CNN hadn't gained the label that it has yeah. now. It was no. it was the only twenty four hour news cycle. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine looking if right? in that era looking at what we thought was partisan crazy politics? Mm-hmm. Looking twenty years ahead, yes. going, "Oh my god, yeah, <laughs> what happened?" Yeah, no, okay, no, I yeah, see. we we have our political thoughts, and yes, I wear I wear tongue-in-cheek shirts like yeah. this, but we've got to be objective. Like, we've got to approach this as true. Yeah. We're not going to say we're journalists, but if I told them, I'm like, if we ever got popular enough and the President Joe Biden said, hey, I want to appear on your show, yeah. we've got to be able to yeah. do that. we got to be able to ask him questions and not come across as favorable, mm. you know, or unfavorable. So we're probably not. So I wouldn't wear this shirt, I guess. And, and I'm probably not wearing my hat either. <laughs> so, so, but, but we stepped, yeah. we stepped right in the way of your answer. Well, yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, that was, that was just start of the story, but I take it up whenever, anyway, I might lose change of thought from time to time. But so I go in and I turn on CNN and I started noticing CNN would say things that were not true about, about the crowd, the size of the crowd, about what was said. I thought that's not what, what hey, you're, was happening. You're witnessing yeah. these things as they yeah. happen. So, so they were lying yeah. to the public, and I thought this can't be. Yeah, I got to get rid of this shirt. Yeah, mm-hmm. and his t-shirt. I got, I got the cap. I had the cap to CNN. I, and my wife found that pullover shirt. And she said, "You want that? Hell no, I don't want that." <laughs> so, so, uh, and and I start looking for another alternative that maybe would get it correct. And and I came across this new group called Fox News. Mm-hmm. And so I would watch that, and I thought. And then I watched CNN, and CNN would tell it different than Fox News, and I knew Fox was telling it for true. Yeah, because they wanted to tear down Bush, and I don't know why they wanted to tear him down. Mm-hmm. He, he was a nice guy. I only saw him get mad one time. Yeah, the rest of the time he was just a gentleman, and, and that time he he needed to be be mad. So I don't blame him. Mm-hmm. So it, it, he was he was a great guy, but CNN was tearing him down in in, in an untruthful way. And so that really gave me a perspective because I, I had always trusted the news media. Uh-huh. You know, Walter Con- Cronkite. Yep. Yeah. True so journalism. Yeah. So yep. you, you turn on the news at 6 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, you're getting the truth. Now all of a sudden I realize we're not getting the truth. And that really hurts me. And, and right now, and, and I've been a seeker of truth finder of fact for the most of my adult life. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know where to find truth in the in the media anymore. Not even Fox. I don't even know if it's possible. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that well, I I have the same kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. But you had that feeling in 1998. That was 1999. Yeah, very, very good. You're very close. Well, yeah, this is that's this is where you find the truth, and we've championed this format, even mm-hmm. though we're not Joe Rogan scale, we're not Jordan Peterson scale. We're, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we've got a local community that we're looking out for, but it, this is it. This is where you get the truth and, and it's right from the horse's mouth. Mm-hmm. And well, I, just, I just wrote down this note and I lo- I'm loving what you're saying about uh, George Bush. Like having these conversations rehumanizes the people in these leadership roles oh, wow. because the media okay. and everybody else de- dehumanizes yeah. you to an extent, right? Mm-hmm. They just turn yes. you into. I don't even know how to describe that. What what do they like turn you into like a caricature of a robot that's supposed to be 
perfect and and without human error. Just not yeah. human. And it, and it's not to say that it's human error. You have your own thoughts, your your feelings, your opinions, and everything. And you I'm in your role. You've got to you've got to narrow those down and and mm-hmm. mask them to an extent, right? But you lose that human element when you have big media coming at you from all corners to defend their objectives. Yeah, or in in talking their, points. Mm-hmm, yeah, they're just right? wanting they're they're wanting headlines. That's all they're mm-hmm. wanting. They're wanting people to go, "Whoa, what did I just read? I need to check into that." So they're they're either clicking on an article now or they're tuning into a channel mm, just uh-huh. to because they're shocked in some way or another. Well, they're they're also selling a product. They're selling an advertisement. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's it. You right? got to have your. <laughs> so they want engagement. They want your attention, and and then they're going to sell an but advertisement. It, in the meantime, it's destroying this damn country because they're dehumanizing good people in leadership roles, <clears throat> and the garbage is taking over the the yeah. uh, the activists the people that don't have a background that don't have an education they're they end up getting they're they're becoming players in these roles mm-hmm. because the good people have been dehumanized and they don't want anything to do with it well and and so where do people go that's that's hard i i agree <clears throat> with your sentiment mm-hmm. uh and i think a, a lot of people i talk to agree with your sentiment mm-hmm. there's no good place to kind of source yourself to to acquaint yourself with the world situation, with po- political situation, with who do you believe? Yeah, and that's, that's a, yeah. It's a problem because like, I don't believe any of it. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's nothing I watch yeah. on any outlet that I, I 100% right. believe. Well, the Whiskey Bros have no ad revenue or anybody to answer <laughs> to. So we're 100% neutral on everything. <laughs> yeah, we believe ourselves. <laughs> you know, I, I would like to say uh, I, I, I do appreciate Wise County. Mm-hmm. More than more than I can mm-hmm. say, because I see what what's going on in the world, what's going on in Dallas, what's going on in Austin, Houston, but what's going on here is, is so much better because we've got so many good good citizens mm-hmm. who who are seeking the truth, and and I'll, I'll say the the Wise County Messenger, uh, I think they always get it right. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it, very seldom do I, I think is is there any any slant. Mm-hmm. So I admire them, okay. Roy Eaton, and and what that whole group does. Uh, we don't always agree, but I, I I do believe they they tell the truth. And, and there there are a couple of times that uh, that it, it could have gone the other way, but they always did it right. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm thankful for that. When I pick up that paper, I feel like I'm getting. In fact, usually I know because I know the other side of it, and right. yeah. and they get it correct. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. But but then when you go back to CNN, I just I look at their site online sometimes just to see what they're saying mm-hmm. because it's, it's just such garbage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's gotten worse mm-hmm. over oh, yeah. time. Yeah. So how long did the the George Bush thing last again? It was ten months. Ten so, months, okay. So started started in in ninety nine and as I recall, it was probably May in ninety nine. And then it it went to March um about middle of March two thousand. And and so, uh, I w- was with his wife. What a wonderful woman! Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and so, uh, I was with her. I had a detail, and, mm-hmm. and we were doing some things around Denver. 
uh, and we, we put her on a plane. She was headed back. So I went to the Denver International Airport to get on, and I, I had a cell phone at the time. It was kind of clunky, but I did have a cell, <laughs> a cell phone. So the evolution of So we're getting yeah. into oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Nokia. Flip open the... iPad or iPod hadn't even come out at the time, yeah. so we're, we're in no, oh, yeah. Nokia no. Motorola days. Was it, was it the yeah. big brick phone with the big plastic antenna? And, it, pretty much. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I had one of those, and, and so I'm in the airport, and, and my phone rings, and it's, it's Secret Service. They oh. said, hey, we, we see that he is the presumptive leader, and uh, we suspect he's going to be the next nominee for the Republican Party. Therefore, Secret Service is taking over. So you can pack your bags and go home, mm. <laughs> which, I mean, I, I was so dang happy. I'll never that forget was a relief. L- looking, at, looking out the window when I'm leaving, when I'm leaving. <laughs> When I'm leaving Denver, seeing seeing those peaks, you know, those uh-huh. I guess they're supposed to look like mountains or something. Uh-huh. But they're they're at the airport, and I said, "Man, I'm so glad this is over." So I came back <laughs> to be a Texas Ranger again. Okay. So when you when you left, did you stop being a Texas Ranger? Or, no, no. Because that was no. my other question: is no. once you become a Texas Ranger, it's kind of like a Marine. Yeah. Are you always a yeah. Texas Ranger? I, I was a Texas Ranger, but but George W. Bush didn't want us wearing our hats. Well, because it's too, too much attention, so, right, right. which I, okay. I understand. Well, I think yep. it's, it's a pretty good idea. Yep. But but I, when I say come back to be a Texas Ranger, to do the duties of a okay. Texas Ranger re- rather than a quasi Secret Service guy. Yes, sir. Okay. So after that, what was the what was the next step after 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 becoming a, uh, a Ranger back to Texas Ranger? Yeah. Yep. So so I and, and I stayed here for ten years, and and I don't mm-hmm. know for sure, but I, I think. I might be, I don't know, I, I haven't checked for sure, but I might be the longest-serving ranger in, in this county. Okay. But, because yeah. we can wear out a Texas ranger. <laughs> We've been through several already, and, and it, it's it's tough. Is it our law enforcement organizations, or is it the nature the of the crime? Of, <laughs> yeah. Or the well, amount of? No, no it's, it's the amount of crime. Okay, uh, I got so, you. And, and so we, we bring them in. We're, we're glad to have them. We really are having Another set of eyes and ears and expertise, as as well as the equipment and things that they can can bring. And I guess they work out of the sheriff's office. No, or do they, they actually actually here at the DPS office. Oh, okay. They, they've got offices there, mm. but they've been very helpful, um, and and I enjoy interacting with with those guys. But so go, going back and uh, working as a ranger, being called out so much, I was was really getting tired and getting getting worn out. Uh, so I, I thought I, I need uh, need some relief, and and I decided I'll become a supervisor if I can, and and so I went through the whole process again. Uh, can I go back? You yes. can absolutely oh, yeah. go back. We're in no rush. So I want to tell you what it's like going before an interview board with Rangers. So yeah. So I, I'm in Austin back. You know this. So, so that was what eighty eighty seven, eighty seven, and and I'm sitting at an interview board. In, in the headquarters of, of the Texas Rangers, the headquarters of DPS, the Ivory Tower, we called it. And so I'm sitting at this rectangular desk, <clears throat> table, and, and I'm sitting at the end, and there are like three Rangers on this side, three Rangers on that side, and then the Ranger captain up at the top. All of them were captains, I think. And so one of the questions that I got, I mean, and, and it's unnerving, you know, sitting mm-hmm. in front of all those guys, and plus it's something that you, you wanted to do your whole life, and and I'm sitting there, and I know I'm sweating. Uh, <laughs> and Bobby Prince, that same Bobby Prince, he's sitting right over here where where you are. Yep. So we're about the same distance apart. 
And uh, he said, I got a hypothetical question for you, Lane. And he says, suppose you're patrolling off down there around Del Rio somewhere, and, and the governor has said you cannot, any form or fashion, you cannot go into Mexico. You understand? That's what the governor, governor at that time was, I think it was Ann Richards. It may have been before her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ann Richards, maybe. I think you're right. It was our yeah. last yeah. Democrat governor, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she got yep. beat by George W. Bush. Mm-hmm. I was happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> she, you know, she was a nice lady too. I was around her quite a lot, quite yeah. a lot as well. Yeah. And she was funny. Uh, I didn't like her her policies, uh, but she was a nice woman. Uh, so he says the governor is not allowing us to go into Mexico. Okay, Captain, I understand. Okay. So you're out there patrolling, which rangers don't really patrol, but doing something down mm-hmm. there. And he said, and and you see a vehicle, and you know inside that vehicle is a kidnapped child, a little girl. Mm. And they're headed toward the International Bridge. What are you going to do, Lane? I said, well, well Captain, I'm going to stop that car best I can, as quickly as I can, try to get that child to safety. He said, well, you can't get it stopped. And I said, well, I'm... I'm going to call the bridge and tell them to shut it down, and, and we're not going to let it go into Mexico. And so everything I threw out there, he said, nope, it's, it's headed to Mexico. Nothing you can do. You can't stop it. What are you going to do? I said, well, I've done everything I can. It's going into Mexico. He said, yep, what are you going to do, boy? And I said, well, Captain, I'm going to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, all hell broke loose in there. And, and he said, you're going to start an international Incident. What are you talking about going to Mexico? It might have been a few, few customers yeah. around a little bit. And I, uh, I said, yes, sir, I'm going to Mexico. As far as I know, Captain, that little girl could be my partner's little girl. That could have been a neighbor's little girl. Could have been my little girl. Mm-hmm. I'm going. I'm going to Mexico. I don't care. I'm going to Mexico. And he's just chastising me, and, I, and I'm thinking, what in the hell have I done? <laughs> you, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking I need to let up on this deal. I need to say, I'm, I'm sorry. I made a mistake, Captain, but, but I, I stuck with my gun, and I said, no, I'm going to Mexico. And finally, he leaned back and said, that's just exactly what I hoped you would say. So they were really they were pressuring you <laughs> yeah, to make yeah, sure you fold. held. Yeah. They were pigeonholing yeah. you. Yeah. Well, they yeah, wanted yeah. to know you held with yeah. your convictions. So, so that goes back to to I was kind of worn out mm-hmm. a little bit, and I, I was ready for something different because I'd, I'd been in the Rangers for a total of 13 years, mm-hmm. 10 years here, mm-hmm. which was absolutely great. I loved all the agencies I worked with. And the prosecutors, and uh, except for Barry Green, <laughs> he's he always leaves a nice little little thing about you at the end of yeah, his blog. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and, and I'm I'm always nice to him, and I'll be I'll be nice to him right now. I mean, even when I see him, I, I greet him. But uh, he didn't. He and I didn't always see eye to eye. He's he, he was he shouldn't have been a prosecutor, right? But that's. neither here nor there okay yeah so i'm sure i'm sure barry is 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 a a good defense attorney a a lot of people hire him i'm glad and i I wish him well i really do but at any rate um so i decide to try to become a a lieutenant Mm -hmm. and and i i did uh they promoted me and sent me to san antonio 
which was absolutely wonderful for my wife and, and, and I because now our children are grown, they're in college, mm-hmm. and we kind of have the empty nest thing going. So we go to San Antonio, and uh, I was lieutenant over Company D for about a year and a half, and then I came back to uh, the Company B because we still had Company B was out of the Garland office, so we had, had the okay. northeast corner of Texas. In uh, in 2003, um, you know, I, I'd already had, I was over 50, and so I, about 30 years, and 27 hard years, but 30 years for retirement. And my phone rang, and I got an opportunity that I never thought that, that I would, would get. And uh, it, it was tough, mm-hmm. you know, because um, I love the Rangers. I, I love DPS it's still to this day. I do. It, it was it was a great job, great organization. Sometimes there were politics that played in there that that I, I resented, and when I resented it, I, I told folks, and mm-hmm. we worked. You spoke out. it, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, I was thinking about that and thinking about it. I, I actually lost weight uh, trying to make the decision whether or not to retire. Because this, just like when I was a kid, I wanted to be a ranger. Now I'm a ranger, and now mm-hmm. I have an opportunity to do something else and, and make it a lot better for my family mm-hmm. because I can take my retirement and I can, can draw a salary else, elsewhere in the corporate world, which, which I wasn't thinking that that was coming my way. I wasn't looking to do that. But when, when you're a ranger lieutenant, the only reason to be a ranger lieutenant is to be a ranger captain. Um, and so I was the assistant to the captain there, and and so I did a poll of all the captains in the state. I dialed them all up, talked to them, and it was going to be six years before uh, there would be another vacancy for captain. And so what they were doing, they were sending the, the next captains to Austin to be kind of a staff captain, and I didn't want to live in Austin, um, so I took that job. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't I didn't know didn't see it coming. But uh, it, it was a tough transition. Mm. It really was. And, and I, was, I was sad for quite some time. Yeah. And then probably six months after I retired, and here I am, you know, working in the corporate world, <clears throat> high rise in downtown Dallas, which, what in the hell am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> At how, long, how long does it take for that reflection to come, come around? Uh, Probably about two weeks. Okay, <laughs> I got gotcha. you. I mean, I, I, I made the I, wrong decision. I, I, I was dreading it. So that, okay. that that would have been August, August thirty first of two thousand three, and I I took that job, um, and and it it was a good job, and it provided us a, a level of income that we haven't had. Being being a, a Texas Ranger and a wife who was a teacher, you know, mm-hmm. with, with the two piddly salaries, it made one decent salary. Mm-hmm. But now I had an opportunity to do things that, that we haven't been able to do. So I, I took it, but uh, um, I missed it, and I missed it badly. And I ended up down um, in between Lano and Fredericksburg. There's mm. a place called... Uh, um, Cherry Springs? <laughs> well, close. Very, very close. Um, yeah. uh, right there off 2323. Yeah. Yeah, so, so you know that spot. I know that spot very well. We had yeah. a... a a deer lease in Doss, mm-hmm. and I love that area. Yeah. I miss that down there. Yeah, so it's Prairie Mountain Ranch. Okay, Prairie Mountain. So I'm I'm sitting at Prairie Mountain. A friend of mine owned it, and and so we were sitting around out there drinking a little beer, and and the DA was there. Sam Open. He, uh, Sam had been my friend for a long time, 
And uh, he, he, he really liked me, too, because he always drank my beer. He never bought his own. We have one of those. I, I know people like that. Yeah. So, so it's, 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 it's an artful position. That's I, a true friend, right? Like, hey, yeah. what's yours is mine. Yeah. I, I didn't get this good by accident. Yeah. So so Sam's drinking my beer. And, of course, I, I think it's a pretty cheap price to pay because he, he was quite a – is – we're still friends today. He, he's a wise man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he said, Lane, do you you miss being, being a Texas Ranger? And I said, I, I do, Sam, because I don't feel like I'm I'm making a difference anymore. And he took a drink of my beer, and, and he said, uh, you want to make a difference? Become a Texas sheriff. Mm. And, man, that stuck in my head. And, of course, at, at that time, David Walker was a sheriff here, and he's friend, yep. he's friend of mine, 20, 20 years younger than me. So I never imagined that I'd have the opportunity to, mm-hmm. to run for sheriff. I was almost kin to him. Well, How are you almost kin to somebody? He almost married my cousin. Uh, <laughs> that's a, and there is a true Wise County story <laughs> yeah, right there. Wise County right there. <laughs> well, he's, he's a good guy. He is, and, yeah. And, and, and we're friends to this day. We, we talk often. But that sentiment right there is kind of what plagues a man as he gets older in age and wisdom. Is like, what am I doing to really, truly be a part or be a part of something? What is what is my role? What a legacy? Yeah, mm-hmm. what's my legacy? Uh, am I contributing to society and to to the the greater good? Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I know that. It's making mean. a difference, and and that's that's been big to me mm-hmm. ever since I was a little kid. Wanting to be a Texas Ranger, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm wanting to be. I want to make a difference. Mm-hmm. I know some people may not think that's the case, but guarantee that's exactly what it is. I just I just want to make this help, mm-hmm. make this a better place to live, work, worship, mm-hmm. and play. Yeah. But what Sam didn't say was it that I needed all of these deputies, all these jailers, <laughs> and, and all, all of these dispatchers. But but with them and and solid leadership, uh, I think that that we in some places we we made some difference, and I, I hope mm-hmm. it's something that that is residual and that goes on into the future. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> back to full circle, I don't know anybody that's really had any bad sentiments about you except for Barry Green. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, but, I, I, I didn't agree with his assessment on a couple of things. Right. And, I and, can't and, imagine, and, 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 and he, he still punishes me for that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I'll not punish him. I'm I'm going to stay above that. You know, you and, and that's something that I learned from from George W. Bush. Um, a lot of a lot of people, hardcore conservatives, don't don't like him. But but I do. Yeah, uh, he's a remarkable. He's a kind man. Um, he does he does a lot for the community. He's just a good guy. <clears throat> and and I would get so aggravated at him because the media, CNN. Mm-hmm. We're saying things that were not true, and he wouldn't fire back at just him. Let him roll off. He just, just and I, and I thought, you know, it's it's just not right. He, he, yeah. needs, he needs to take a take a stand for himself. So I, I've kind of taken that, but but then along comes Donald Trump, and and he is taking <laughs> shots at the media, fake news, fake news. Oh, and yeah, and I'm jumping up and down like a shortstop. It's about time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but but then look what happened. Uh-huh. You know, you know, yeah, yeah. Then the swamp turns against you. So yeah. so it, you know it makes you think which one of it which one of them had it right was is it Donald Trump had it right or was George W. Bush I don't know. had it right? There's I don't like know essences of both that are probably yeah. right, but yeah. like yeah. you know letting it roll off your shoulder yeah. doesn't really validate their existence, mm. so it, it makes them even matter. Mm. So yeah. in, in the case of Barry Green, I I try to take take the George W. Bush, and I see him in court on on occasions. Yeah. Smile. We don't we don't shake hands, but a smile. Yeah, 
I've been, I read his blog every damn morning sitting on the toilet, you know, mm-hmm. but I read his blog and, and there's multiple times that I'm like, I'm irate reading the stuff that yeah. he's putting out there. But there's other times it's like, he has some eye opening profound yeah. statements so, and it's like, okay, I didn't understand it from this point of view. Now I do. I, mm-hmm. So I don't read this blog, but, but sitting here listening <laughs> God, to you guys now we gotta, now like we talk to. about this, I, I'm conflicted as to whether I want to. Or now not. we have to plug his blog, yeah. don't we? No, yeah. we don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> If you're a listener to the show, you probably okay. already know it. Yeah. So I need yeah. to check right. this out. Well, let's yeah. Okay, let's. We're we're here. We're at that juncture. Okay. You are now elected county sheriff. But before we do that, I'm trying to have a conversation with you. But there's this glaring bag with pretty white paper in it. We really, <laughs> okay. You brought yeah. to us as a gift. Can we? You over yeah. there. You're you're on yeah, camera you're over there. This is from you and wrapped by your yeah, wife. Wow. Yeah, wow. I want to make sure, yeah, that the sack, the yeah, sack make, and the tissue, that's not me. <laughs> that, that's, that's my wife. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, uh, but I thought okay. it was fitting for you guys. What's, you on the, uh, what's on the front? Did you read that badge? Oh, no, I did not. I was trying to guess what the bottle was. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, you need to read that. You have better eyes these than are, I do. These yeah, Doc had to put a critical glasses detail, on. Details. Texas Ranger Association Foundation. Okay, so this is uh, okay. www.traf.org. Okay. And what what is that? Uh, it, it is the Rangers Association down in down in Waco um, that support uh, Rangers in, in general as well as scholarships oh, for, yeah. for kids. Oh, well, well, okay. Texas Ranger Whiskey. Oh, hey, that's there. perfect. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. I thought it would be fitting for it since, since you, you guys <laughs> are, are, the, are the whiskey brothers, and, and yeah. I, I'm a former Texas Ranger. Yes, so. it is very good. Yeah, I think well, we're going to awesome. cherish that one. Let me uh, pass it over here. Let me read okay. a little detail about it. Yeah, we might it. put it in here, up here with the markers. We've kind of got a theme going on. Yeah, we've got the markers thing honoring veterans, and then I just got this 10th Mountain Division bottle mm-hmm. and uh, Ski Cooper, Colorado. Mm-hmm. They created this ski area for this yeah. 10th Mountain Division mm-hmm. before they went to yeah. – Fight in World War II. This is where I, they trained. I, I know that group. Do you really? Yeah, okay. yeah. It's in, impressive. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Carefully crammed. Okay. Uh, enticing hints of vanilla, caramel, toasted nuts. This incredibly light, smooth Texas blend is truly legendary. So we're, I'm looking for, it's a uh, 80 proofer and that is, oh, it's a Rebecca Creek product. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Sheriff. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's, that's one awesome. to cherish for sure. Well, thank you all for having me. I mean, should we crack it today? Well, I I kind of want to taste it. Totally up to you. Okay, I yeah. taste it too. <laughs> so Here. was Walker? Yeah. He was still sheriff when you decided you thought you wanted to become sheriff. Yeah. Was so that- yeah. So the rest of that story. Then thank thank you for getting me back on on track, Heath. Um, <laughs> so so he doesn't get thanked for yeah, much. But. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> Every once in a while, I got some good ones. <laughs> yeah. So so um, I was um, I went to work for AT and T. Okay. And and I, I was corporate security. And I ended up being a, as as a director of uh, uh, of investigations, international investigations, and and so I I was standing on a rooftop in Bangalore, India. Oh wow! Holy cow! And and I got a got a phone call, and I had a cell phone. Do you like a pour? Uh, no, no, thank okay. you, thank you very. Well, I, you know why I, I will take. Might this as well. Bit. Yeah. So, um, and it was Walker. It was it was like. Uh, Four o'clock in the morning, four four thirty in the morning. In in here, uh, no, in oh, in, over in, there, in Bang, Bangalore, India. Okay. It was about five o'clock. You know, it's eleven and a half hours difference between India and and Texas. Mm. I don't know why eleven and a half, but it's, a, it's 11, That's 11, yeah, half 11, hour, eleven and a half hours. In there. Yeah. So it's like nearly across the gold yeah, globe. Yeah, so yeah, it, yeah, well, yeah. Cheers to the uh, the Texas yeah. Rangers. Thank, thank, thank you, all, sir. To all law enforcement. Yeah. Thank you very cheers. much.
I like it better when it's cold, though. Oh, yeah, a little chilled. That's one thing we don't have here is ice. That's nice. So you, so Ooh, you that's get really that, nice. Uh, it's, it's almost got, got this, like, honey. I get pecans. Yeah. Mm, like, oh, that's honey, good. Deep pecan. water pecan. Yeah. See what happens? Texas. See what happens? Yep. Yeah. It Texas, tastes like yeah. Texas. Right. <laughs> that is a really damn good whiskey. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to get another bottle of that. Sorry. So okay. that, India. No, that, that's okay. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Bangalore, India, and, and I, I don't... I've been there about three times, and, and you talk about sensory overload. The sounds, the sights, the smells. I mean, mm. it's so it's, crowded. Oh, yeah. It's Shoot. everywhere. I've heard oh, man. about the crowds. It, it was something. This but is I, vacation? This is for pleasure? No, no. no I'm, I'm there AT&T. at work. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm doing, Sorry. I'm doing missed that. stuff with, with AT&T. And, and I look at my phone, and it's David Walker. So I, I answered the phone. Walker's telling me he's not going to run again. He's going to take a job with uh, the gas and oil business. And wanted to know if I I would run for sheriff, and I said I'm gonna be the next plane out of this place and, and back in Texas. <clears throat> so I connected with Walker, and, and we kind of worked out the details, and <clears throat> and luckily I was elected. I had an opponent, but luckily I was I was elected, and I'm I'm very thankful for that. Mm-hmm. Unopposed the second time, so it it has being sheriff has has been I mean the greatest honor, truly the greatest honor of my life. What year were you uh, elected? March 1st, 2016. Okay. Okay. And then there's no limit. You can just be sheriff for the rest of your life. I could. Yeah, yeah. I, I could, but but there comes but. a time when, uh, you know, we, we, we need to say it's time time to hang things up. And, and I I can tell y'all a little story that, that kind of pushed me over over the edge. And that <clears throat> that was the Athena Strand mm. case. Mm. Um, that, was a, that was a tough deal. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, we a lot of our guys worked a lot of hours. It was just mm-hmm. a really a three day deal to get it to the point <clears throat> that that we could uh, wrap it up. But uh, that that night, um, you know, we I would say every one of our guys that were out there on those those three days probably had had maybe three or four hours sleep, mm-hmm. and we really had hoped right up into the last few hours that we were going to find her alive. Really? Um, but we didn't find her alive. <clears throat> and we um, we ended up um, having to pull her out of the Trinity River. Mm. Um, so I had to sit and speak with the family um, because they needed to know. Before mm-hmm. anybody else knew, they sure. they needed to know. And the Cottondale Baptist Church, they were just great. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they allowed us to, to use their facilities. So in one of those classrooms, I sat with the family, and I don't know, it, it was probably about 11 o'clock or so that Friday night, maybe a little earlier. But <clears throat> talking to them, it was just heartbreaking. You know, it's something that you have to do in law enforcement. You have to yeah. bring, bring those messages. But this one was specifically difficult and and I told them what it looked like, but I didn't know for sure. But if if you will give me about an hour, I'll be back and I'll tell you exactly what has happened, what the situation is. So we went out uh, to the scene and then verified what we dreaded, mm-hmm. and, and uh, so I came back and, and gave them the final news that that their their daughter, their granddaughter, 
their niece would uh, would not be coming back. Um, that she was on that little precious body was on on her way to the medical examiner's office in Dallas. Well, so we had a little press conference right afterwards. I mean, and it, it just it just kind of takes everything. I, out I remember mm-hmm. uh, watching you. The press conference yeah. was done in the fire department mm-hmm. in Paradise, yeah. right? And I remember watching you give that and watching you struggle and thinking, "I wish he knew that." Like everybody in this county is there with him right now as he's having to get through this. Because holy cow, you needed all the moral mm-hmm. love support oh, you yeah. could get. I mean, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Um, I'm well, tearing up thinking uh, about the whole thing. Right? <laughs> oh yeah, me too. Well, uh, yeah, and and so. Uh, there are a lot of guys who who worked on it. Just I ended up being in front of the microphone, but but I I didn't do the work. There were deputies. We had uh, had a Texas Ranger or two there. We had the FBI there mm-hmm. as well. They helped us mm-hmm. on the digital evidence, and and we probably we probably could have gotten it done in about five or six days. But with the FBI there doing what they could do mm-hmm. with that digital evidence, yeah. that really not that was a game not changer. It, it was. So I, I give credit to to the FBI, to the Rangers, the men and women of the Wise County Sheriff's Office for getting that thing done. Mm-hmm. Um, but when when that was all said and de- said and done, and we shut down that night, I got home probably somewhere around one or two o'clock in the morning. We were and my wife and I had had plans to originally to look after our granddaughters mm-hmm. in Fort Worth. One who was about uh, six months old, and a little girl who, big sister, about five. And so it just really, really struck home. And I went on <clears throat> down to Fort Worth with Kay that morning, uh, and you know it's it's just difficult when when you 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 connect uh, what what happened, what you've seen. You connect that with your own children, with your own mm-hmm. grandchildren. Yeah. And I, I told Kay, I said um, that I, if I could walk away, if I could walk mm-hmm. away from this job, I'd walk away mm-hmm. right now because I just had enough. Mm-hmm. There's no way to humanly um, debrief, process, and compartmentalize mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, uh, that, that's that's true. It's uh, but it, it it affects it it affects all of us. Everybody in law enforcement. It's not not just me. It's everybody in law enforcement. They see that stuff and they have to deliver those messages. Mm-hmm. But I think the advantage that that I have is is my is my faith, and mm-hmm. and that, that that gives me clearness of of mind and, and an understanding. Because when when you look back at that Branch Davidian deal, there were about nineteen kids mm-hmm. I picked up mm-hmm. and put in body bags uh, to be sent to the medical examiner's office in Dallas. But just just knowing that that those kids are in a better place, and and that's that's what I felt for Athena. That, yeah, that she's in, she's in a better place. Mm-hmm. But still, the family, yeah, and that that child, what she went through, justice has to be served yeah. here where yeah. we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, that that was one of the reasons that I decided not not to run it for a third term. Yeah, but. And and my original intent was was to just do two terms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it is time for me to to step aside. And sure. some, someone younger, uh, sheriff. I remember driving not too far after that. We made a trip to see my wife's family in Chicago. Mm-hmm. There were pink banners in Chicago, oh, yeah. Illinois. Mm-hmm. Athena Strand. Yeah. It was so it was this community didn't yeah. just stand still. Mm-hmm. It was it was all across this nation. 
Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a I mean it, it it's I mean it was a terrible time but the um candlelight vigil thing that they yeah. had at, at the church mm-hmm. I mean I still this day blows my mind. We went to that. I mean there was just car I think they said the car traffic jam was almost to void or something mm-hmm. like that from Cottonwood Baptist Church. I mean there were mm-hmm. so many people showed up for mm-hmm. that and it it blew my mind to Well, you know it, it it really did my heart good. Well, at, at first, uh, when when we just we thought she was missing, mm-hmm. we had so many citizens of Wise County who showed up down there, who wanted to help, and who wanted to make a difference. And we put them to work. Mm-hmm. And and that's where I had a falling out with the FBI, and actually sent them back and said, "Go away." Yeah. And and they did, but then they came back, and I'm and I'm glad they did. But they didn't think that those citizens needed to be there helping us search. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, these these are our citizens. Mm-hmm. They care about this child. They're going to help us look for this child, mm-hmm. and hopefully we're going to find her. Mm-hmm. But that didn't turn out to be the case, and, and uh, the case itself is, is good. Uh, the investigators, the rangers, the FBI guys, they put it together, and, and it's all in the DA's hands now. Yeah. And, and James Staten is doing a great job as a, as a district attorney. So we're, we're blessed, mm-hmm. and, and I think on a regular basis, I, I think about what people are going through in Dallas and Austin, Houston, uh, because we, we've got a good criminal justice system here in Wise County. Mm-hmm. Uh, we put people in jail. We keep them in jail. We, mm-hmm. we don't let them out if, if they're a danger, uh, and, and you've got to give the credit to the whole system. Prosecutors, the judge, and, and the enforcement team, mm-hmm. as well as pro- probation and so many other things that, that that come together to make the criminal justice system. But but we're blessed here because if, if not for the Wise County Jail, I really think there would be chaos mm-hmm. in in Wise County. But we put bad people in that in that jail, and we keep them until they either go to prison, mm-hmm. they come out on probation whatever the case may be. Right. Or they, they somehow have a revelation and they've, they've changed their life, something like that. Well, and, and we hope and we do everything we can to make that happen. Yeah. And, and I have seen that happen a few times. And, yeah. and that those are the kind of things that just make my day. That's when I think we are making a difference. You made a difference, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. But some things are unforgettable and unforgettable too. Yeah. Um, so so change, change subject just a little bit, get back on to what, kind of what we're doing here. So can you tell us what – your your day to day duties are as a Wise County Sheriff. Um, how many deputies, jailers, whatever you have underneath you, and kind of the mm-hmm. the what do you do basically? Well, I live my life vicariously through my, through my investigators and, and deputies, and they they do some amazing things. So I I, I keep up with with what they've got going. Um, of course, my business specifically is is. Um, Oversight, hope, you know, the oversight of, of the sheriff's office. But we, we've got a really good team in place as far as leadership goes. The chief deputy, the captain, the jail administrator, the manager over dispatch. Um, it, it works pretty smoothly. I mean, we, we had to make some changes mm-hmm. uh, to make it happen. But when you do that, you, you make enemies, and like Barry Green. 
and and sometimes they're they're relentless because they 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 come back and they say things that that are not true Mm -hmm. because we're trying to make this a better place because Mm -hmm. sam oatman's voice is in my head if we're going to make a difference we got to have the right people in place Mm -hmm. so we we've got uh, 74 folks in enforcement so we're talking about the investigators the crime scene team Mm -hmm. uh, as well as courthouse security and the deputies, you know, the and 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 they're the backbone mm-hmm. of the sheriff's office. The guys who are out there in those black units, running up and down the road, taking care of business, doing. They are they putting, are the folks. I'm, putting the cows back in the fields. And, 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 everything. Indeed, they do, and and I do that on occasion. Mm-hmm. I'm, I used to be pretty good at it, but <laughs> I, but you know, you know, I remember one time I, I put a, a bull in the wrong pasture. Just. And, and and that rancher was mad at me. Oh, yeah. You know, so you got to make sure you put it back in the oh, right yeah. pasture. Yeah. So, and and we've got uh, we got fifty two detention officers. Sometimes if, if I mean if you guys want to, you should come take it. Yeah, we really should because yeah. those, like you said, those are the ones that aren't seen. Yeah. Unless yeah. you're going to jail, yeah. Yeah, you don't you don't know those roles exist. Yeah, because I've lived That's, here all my life, so I think I've only been in the jail, well, not the jail, but the. <laughs> Sheriff's office, I guess, is the yeah. term once mm-hmm. in my entire life. I've never so. been uh, thrown in jail. Have you? Unfortunately, yes. Okay. Have you? Not Wise County, but have it you? Was just no, I've you never have? been in jail. Okay. All right. you, you didn't ask me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sheriff, have you ever been to jail? Uh, well, I, I got arrested. Uh, okay. When I when I was I think I was fifteen, I got arrested in juvenile yeah. mm-hmm. possession of of uh, uh-huh. of beer yeah. in, oh, in, yeah. in Terrell, Texas. It wasn't my fault. It's my buddy's fault. Of course. <laughs> of course, yeah. We, uh, I mean, there's several times where I should have been yeah. thrown in jail, but we, we kind of grew up, you know, local yokels here mm-hmm. with all the, yeah. we knew the cops in town and, mm-hmm. and yeah, several Maybe times we when we got pulled idiots. over <laughs> or we were at a pasture party or just doing, yeah. throwing artillery shells at a train. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not military <laughs> artillery shells, yeah. firework artillery what, shells. What you did in the, in the country. That's, it was like. country boys. <clears throat> Get pulled over, boom, spotlight in the face. Yeah. What the hell are you idiots, idiots doing? doing? <laughs> oh, we're just being, being stupid. Idiots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. What, you're not going to deny what you just did. Uh-uh. It's like, I don't want to see you morons out here for another mm-hmm. week. Go home yeah. and stay home. And if you have, it, in fact, let me see what's in the cooler. Okay, on the ground, get out of here. Yeah. You know, but that's a, uh, a significant, I'm going to use a new word here, mm-hmm. trope. Okay. No. Right? This idea that the law enforcement in the community are as vital to the proper raising of young people. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. As a, you know, that they, they are <laughs> they're a vital part of the community. Aspect. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. as you said, there'd be chaos. Not yeah. to go back to Mayberry, but, but yeah. 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 Right? You well, know? close. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I like, like that a lot. But I think I went through a rebellious phase where it's like, nah, screw authority. I'll yeah. do what I want. Sure. Did, sure. did you ever go through that phase? You no, no, I, I didn't. Okay. You, know, you I, always had the re- I was all law and order kind of guy, but I felt felt pretty badly, of course. <laughs> of course, my girlfriend at the time, who is my wife right now, she gave me $25 that I could, I could get out of that little situation I was in, you know, as a, as a juvenile. Yeah. <clears throat> so it was just a Class C misdemeanor with a JP. And, and so I'm back now in, in Princeton. Uh, going to school, not Princeton, New Jersey, but uh-huh. Princeton, Texas, and and I'm I'm working out football, and I see a, a Collin County Sheriff's Office car pull up in the parking lot, and my dad's in that car, and uh, uh, 
seems as though they want me to come testify against the guy who sold us the beer and tell it. Oh, no. <laughs> My dad was a little bit PO'd that, <laughs> that, that I had, had done that and hadn't told him anything about uh-huh. it. And then, of course, the hell to pay was with, with my mom, the uh-huh. one who wanted me to be an accountant or a dentist. So, so you know, fading that heat with mom was was another deal altogether. Yeah, I, I went through the rebellious phase, and it's like, you know, <clears throat> you just don't understand. When you're young and stupid, or even in your early 20s, no. you don't, when you, you're older and you, you kind of get that there's law enforcement for a reason, yeah. and it's a big mm-hmm. reason. It's not just to be out punishing young, stupid punks. It's keeping mm-hmm. chaos at bay. And that and that yeah. is essentially the truth, and a lot of uh, I guess big municipalities and cities, you know, they had their time with oh defund the police, defund the police. Well, they got mm. a lot of it accomplished. Mm. They defunded the police, <clears throat> and yeah. it, it came back to bite them. Yeah, how did that work out? It didn't work out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, people are leaving, businesses are leaving. Mm. I mean, you, if you can't protect one your citizens or two your business owners, people there that are paying property taxes. And they expect, you know, I want to have this environment that I can thrive and work in, be mm-hmm. safe in. Well, where does that come from? <laughs> yeah. It comes from people on patrol mm-hmm. that, that have the authority to make sure uh, uh, you're that safe. That was a crazy, crazy time. Yeah. And I think we're yeah we're witness to the the bad example that mm-hmm. that set. Yeah. Sure. Sure. The uh, you know sometimes law enforcement can be thinkless. Like there's. Like, have you felt that at times? Thankless. Yeah. That- uh, yeah, I do. <clears throat> yeah, I, on a fairly regular basis. Okay. You know, but but the vast majority of that hatred comes from outside the county. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so so there are people who who take shots at us on yeah. on a regular basis, just just like that deal I was talking about for the guy who was running as as for president, and that the highway patrol put him in our jail, mm-hmm. and it was all our fault. Um, so that was it was unbelievable mm. some of the things that they they would say and they would send uh, it's just a lot of vulgarity yeah mm. uh, oh, yeah and hatred um that that is is difficult and it it really gets under your skin and you, you go home and you think about that and then you look at your family and, and you realize that that there are people in this county that are more like like us mm-hmm. than those who are, who are mm-hmm. throwing this fit i don't I don't know who these people are that do that. Um, I don't know if there's some group with some it, entity with, with money, something yeah. like Antifa or something mm-hmm. along those yeah. lines, and and of course the whole George Soros thing that, that concerns me because yeah. of what yeah. he's doing with prosecutors. So there there's some connection there. You start I, I don't connecting know what it is. those dots. Yeah, they probably mm-hmm. they probably do connect. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so speaking of uh, housing people in the Wise County Jail that technically maybe y'all didn't have anything to do <laughs> with. Wasn't there a big, um, I don't know the right word for this, but he, he, he like, I mean, it was a big, like, I think he murdered like tons oh, and yeah. tons of people and didn't, did, they, they like flew him. And the only reason why I know this is because, mm-hmm. um, where I, what I work, I, what I do, I'm out at the airport all the mm-hmm. time and they flew him into the airport. But yes. Yeah. Do you, can you go in a little bit of well, that? Well, and I, I can't remember his name right now, I can't but, either. but, but he, he was a serial killer. Yes. Um, from all around the United States, so that was quite a dog and pony show yep. for, for us, and and it was the uh, the local Texas Ranger at the time, um, James Holland, who who came to me and said, "Hey, we we want to want to house him here so that we can bring investigators all from around the United States so they can talk to him about trying to determine whether or not he actually participated in murders in all these different places." Right. 
<clears throat> so it was against my better judgment. I said okay, <laughs> but but really it worked out well. Yeah, and I, I think they cleared a lot of cases behind, this, so. behind yeah. this guy. But we had investigators coming from from all over the United States. So so my collection of of patches, law enforcement patches, really really, really grew, grew yeah. through, through that. <laughs> but most of them I, I gave away to to a kid who collects them. Let's talk about um, hmm. the current climate. An atmosphere with with hiring and enrolling. I don't think we want to talk about climate. <laughs> okay, no, not that. <laughs> oh, okay. The current ongoings with um, civil service. Okay, so I've got a, a few close friends uh, and a brother in law that are uh, paramedic firefighters. Okay, mm-hmm. they're they're at record pay. Like mm-hmm. they have they have great pay, great benefits now, but they're not the the quality of uh, candidates or people applying are are very very low or not there at all. Mm-hmm. Like they're having trouble hiring. Uh, period in general. Thanks, bro. And the ones they are able to hire just kind of dipshits. Okay. <laughs> it's the kind okay. of the way, the way yeah. they've coined it. Um, what's that look like with law enforcement? Is there a, is there a, a, a guess a, a bad climate for bringing on quality candidates or pe- getting people interested in that position at all? You know, we we went through a, a tough time, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, but I think. We've we've gotten beyond that. Okay, and I, and I feel as though, especially with within the Wise County Sheriff's Office, and then I talk to all the sheriffs around as well. <clears throat> but I, we've had an influx mm-hmm. of folks who have come in who want to work for the Wise County Sheriff's Office. Uh, <clears throat> that that we're very thankful uh, that that we have those opportunities, and and we go through the whole process almost like what DPS does. So that, that we, we do a written mm-hmm. test, and then we do the interviews, and mm-hmm. we do the background investigation, polygraph, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And, and we get folks in there. So I, I don't see that anymore. We yeah. were a little concerned about it for a while, but, but right now um, we have very few vacancies uh, within the ranks of our enforcement team as well as, as in the jail. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the, the thing that we, we do with those, those youngsters who are in, in the jail working as detention officers after – after a year, uh, if you want to compete, you can go to the police academy, and then we'll put you into one of those patrol cars with an FTO. Man, that's cool. Mm. Yeah, and, yep. and it's the same thing for our dispatchers. Now, we have had some problems in, with our dispatchers, our telecommunicators, which uh-huh. is the word that's used now, telecommunicators in the ECC, Emergency Communications Center, okay. uh, because that's that's a tough job. Yeah. Uh, and, and so sometimes it's, it's hard to keep those people on, on, on the job. Mm-hmm. But but otherwise, um, in in the jail and enforcement, we're we're doing very well. Okay. That's good to hear. I, and, but I, I I'm always going to advocate, and I'm not saying this because you're here, and I want to kiss your ass. I'm always going to advocate for higher, the highest quality possible of civil service people that your community has, mm-hmm. and that's going to be because of fund. We need more and more funding to these people. Right. Yes. And I'm hearing, <clears throat> love Lynn Stuckey, hearing him talk about a, an $18 billion surplus or, you know, whatever. Like, okay, that's fine. But, I mean, we can pay pay some civil servants a hell yeah. of a lot more. Yeah. That uh, includes and, teachers. <clears throat> yeah, teachers. And law enforcement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Teachers in the front line of everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Really? I mean, that's yeah. all the little kids growing up, whether they become good, uh, good people or they turn to a life of crime, it all starts in the classroom at, yeah. or at home, at home too, but... Man, that's a tough, Oof, tough yeah. thing. And one thing I think we've learned uh, in doing this this segment and having elected officials out is that no, like no office is just happy and settled. Mm-hmm. 
No. Right? It's no, always evolving. It's yeah. The, like like the offices are are crazy. It doesn't matter whether you're city council or your mayor or sheriff. There's there's pressure and force afoot. You yeah. know, that you're you're really having to wade through, excuse my language, some shit, you know, yeah. to to fulfill that office. Well and and, and pay is a problem. Um, because we're we're right here on, on the cusp of, of the Metroplex, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, and and so yeah. these youngsters who who work for us, they can go down down the road twenty five miles away, and make twenty thousand more dollars uh, a year. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're and, going and, the and same for, thing. Yeah, for them, that's a payment for their F, new F one fifty or F two two fifty or yeah, tuition for their kids' college. Yeah. Who knows what what the circumstances? So so yeah. we were losing a, a lot of guys, and and the, and there was change. You you brought up Lynn, Lynn Stuckey. Because of the, the state of uh, the state of Texas um, passed Senate Bill Twenty Two, that has sent five hundred thousand dollars to the sheriff's office to use as as we please. Okay, but we can't use it to fund, and I don't know why, but we can't fund the dispatchers mm-hmm. with that five hundred thousand. Huh. It's it's only for the enforcement personnel and the jailers. Okay, so we're using every bit of that money. Uh, on a yearly basis, and then and, and it, it will be this year and next year. And according to the lieutenant general, um, is that right, lieutenant? Not, not attorney general, but but the lieutenant governor. That's it, mm-hmm. lieutenant okay. governor. We got that right. <clears throat> so the lieutenant governor says it's going to be in, in perpetuity. So it, it's okay. it's going to every legislative session it's going to be there, but but you don't know for sure what legislature is going to pass it. So we got five hundred thousand dollars this year, five hundred thousand mm-hmm. fiscal year. Okay, five hundred thousand dollars next year. Use it while you got it. And mm-hmm. and so we we are paying those in in the form of uh, merit raises mm-hmm. to all of all of our enforcement personnel from lieutenants down. I get left out. I get le- left out everything, <laughs> <laughs> but lieutenants and down, uh, and same thing back back in the jail. So since we have. Announced that, which I announced it probably about July of last year. Mm-hmm. We haven't uh, we haven't lost anybody. We we nice. were losing That's people. Good. Yeah, I want to. Uh, this is probably going to be my own little personal soapbox. But of all the civil service licensing, like you teach in, your teacher's license, your paramedic license, is uh, is there a licensure for firefighter or is it just paramedic? No firefighters. But too. then yeah. then there's a the peace officer license. Yes, and they're probably the lowest paid out of all civil servants. Are they not? Uh, I, th- I think it's, pr- it's pretty close. Okay, the same for the for the for the EMTs, the paramedics. Mm-hmm. It, it, the paramedics may make a little bit more because they go through a lot more training. training. I think they yeah. do. Um, but with the peace officer license, it's it's un- it's not highlighted and bold enough to me how important and re- how much responsibility that license bears. If you got a paramedic license. You got the license to save somebody's life. Mm-hmm. If you have a peace officer's license, you have the license to take somebody's mm-hmm. life. You you have that responsibility to be judge, executioner, jury, everything on the spot mm-hmm. if deemed necessary. And I feel like that's that's over overshadowed how important that really is. And I know I want to know, you know, if as as somebody that lives in a community that's answering the call, I want to know that the best person possible that's with the most training uh, and the best mental capacity is coming to help with that license, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we we sp- and I, I know the other agencies, especially especially um, Decatur PD and Bridgeport PD. I know they put a lot of time into that, mm-hmm. and and we do too. So we we send these guys some if if they don't come from the, another agency. Um, most of them are new. 
Mm-hmm. And and so we, we send them to the academy, that's six months. And then we got six months FTO mm-hmm. and, and then they still we monitor them on a regular basis. So so it's a long process to get them to the point where we actually turn them loose in a vehicle and be by themselves. That's very reassuring. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. very nice to hear. Uh, there's some absolute horror stories for sure. I've had a friend that was on city council for Albuquerque mm-hmm. and he had to leave the city. He's like, man, the, the police department has been so corrupted here. And I guess they, they were offering bribes to bring mm-hmm. former cartel members in and train them to be a law enforcement officer. And then being a cartel, they just turn that and use it to their advantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that really happened. I, it sounded yeah. like something out of a fairy tale. I mean, there, or some there are, weird I mean, you hear about drama, but New he's Orleans, like, no, I, I, Miami. Yeah, like there, there are some key places where that so what, has obviously what, been. What would be your case. take on <laughs> being able to model your 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 office on something appropriate and say, let's not end up like that? You know that I've had several experiences in my life that. that Make sure that that we we stay away from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and first first of all, it's it's that flag that's, mm-hmm. that's on the wall. Uh, there was there was a level of deception mm-hmm. on the federal side. We don't we don't do that. But when I was a ranger, I put two sheriffs in their own jail mm-hmm. for corruption. Okay, um, and it it really taught taught me a lot about how not to do law enforcement. And, and the neat thing about a sheriff's office <laughs> is you don't answer. You don't answer to the mayor. You don't answer to the county judge. You don't answer to the city council. You don't answer to the governor. Okay. My my grandson, only one grandson. I've got six girls and one one grandson. <laughs> had lunch with him just yesterday, but um, he said, "Gee, daddy, that's what he calls me." He said, "Gee, daddy, you mean to tell me if Joe Biden shows up in Decatur?" and tells you to do something, you don't have to do it. And I said, I don't have to do it, mm. especially if he's not within the law, not within mm-hmm. the Constitution. So we answer to the citizens. Mm. And and the citizens have an expectation that we're going to c- conduct law enforcement the way it's supposed to be. You know, right across the board, everybody's treated mm-hmm. the same. We're, we're not going to play any kind of games, good old boy system. Mm. So, so if you need to go to jail, you go, to, go jail. to jail. And if you don't need to go to jail, it doesn't matter whether or not you – Donated to my to my campaign, everybody's going to be treated the same. Mm-hmm. That's and and appropriate in reality. So this marks fifty years that, that I've been in law enforcement. Wow! So when I was doing the congratulations, AT&T, yeah. like, congratulations. So yeah. so during during that time, of course, ten years with AT and T. But even during that time, I, I was a, a reserve mm-hmm. for, for the Rangers as well as for the Wise County Sheriff's Office. So in that fifty years, uh, up until. I became a sheriff. I was subjected to some level of uh, politics, mm-hmm. petty politics, that that I resented. And that was coming through the state. That was coming through the Texas Rangers as well. And I've had some some serious conversations with Ranger captains jumping up and down like a shortstop. We can't do this. This is not the way. But this is what's coming out of Austin. They expect us to do it. And and I, I don't abide by that. Therefore, this is the first time in my career that I have been with an agency that I haven't been subjected mm-hmm. to politics. Wow. That's nice. Good. Wow. So why are you leaving us then? <laughs> well, well uh, no. we, we, we've got a plan. Okay. We, we've got a plan. That's understandable. So, okay, no, we don't, don't want to break that plan open. No, we don't. Yeah. No, no. Don't, <laughs> don't change yeah, your plans on behalf of the Whiskey Bros <laughs> and our opinions. <laughs> but go go back to the, the jail. Uh 
how old is that thing? And Decatur, especially Wise County in general, obviously growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you have something you're going to jail for? And I mean, you're worried about. I mean, something? you're so no, interested in this. No, so, so <laughs> yeah, I know it's old. At what the jail? Yeah, no, it's, it's not too old. I, is, I, is it not? Okay, I, I think um, the the. The first part of it was probably somewhere in the early nineties. Okay, but but then it was enlarged and in, enhanced to some extent, probably in about uh, two thousand one, two thousand two. Okay, somewhere in that. So so it. And what I was going to say earlier, y'all should come walk through there. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we do. And, we and, do, and we'll and do that. I've been in jails all across the United States, especially in Texas, Oklahoma. Louisiana, you talk about something to see. Some of those prisons in Louisiana, mm-hmm. holy oh, mackerel, yeah. it's like you're going back in time. You yeah. want to go to jail there. Yeah. So uh, it's it's really amazing. It's, it's just as clean as it can be. The floor is shining. Everything is in place. And we that, that thing is really run run well. I'm really proud of our administration right. there. But sure enough, I'd, I'd love for you all to walk through for there. Sure. And just, Boy, that'd just be see great. What's going, yeah, going so what, what about compass, Capacity. As so, we as we're growing, is there yeah. what what's what what does it look like in the future? Are, are we are you going to have to expand that thing? Is there room to expand? Because I mean, you kind of <laughs> blocked in there. Yeah, we we are. No, we we've got room for three hundred thirty eight. Okay. And as as I looked last time, we had two hundred and four, uh, and we're we're running usually from two hundred to two hundred forty, is is where we usually are. So we're okay on space right now. Where we are having some problems is is we've got to have some additional deputies, investigators, and we don't have room for them anymore. Mm-hmm. So you need new uh, office offices. We, uh, we, we need more space. Okay. Yes, okay. yes, we do. And I and I've talked to JD about it, and, and we're we're looking at the possibility. Mm-hmm. How has nice. the uh, practice of law enforcement changed over the past ten years, as far as like the technical uh, capacity of of law oh. enforcement. Oh yeah. So, so the, the digital world, yeah. it, it, it has changed tremendously. And, and when, when I first started as, as a, a ranger, I didn't know anything about DNA. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then the, the digital opportunities we had with fingerprint uh, that, that could be sent into databases. So it, it has improved unbelievably. And then plus all of the devices that people have yeah. are being tracked. So we've got an abundance of, of evidence that that is out there right now than when I first started. I mean, it, it was knocking on doors and, and trying to get somebody to confess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and their cameras are everywhere. Yeah. So there is an abundance of opportunity to solve a crime now, and I, I love it. There is, but okay, let me ask you this then. Do you see any, in your role, do you see anything alarming about how easy it is to track somebody? Do you, do you see that as, I mean, if you're in public, if they're tracking you through your house, that's one thing. If you're out in public, like, you don't have that right to expect privacy like you do in mm-hmm. your own home, for sure. But are we are we overstepping boundaries here, you know, as we? Well, I, I think so. Okay. I, I, I think not we, they. They. <laughs> they. <laughs> I, I think I think that, that they, they are because I, I know my wife and I might be in the house talking about taking a vacation to Hawaii or something. <laughs> and next thing you know, all these things start popping mm-hmm. up. That and, is and, true. And uh, so somebody's listening to mm-hmm. us. Sure. Uh, and I'm, I'm almost certain that's the case because I see that time and time and time again. I was... Was looking for a uh, 
a side by side. I, I yep. wanted to buy. Next thing I know, I started getting oh, yeah. bombarded with all this <laughs> stuff. Which one did you go with? I haven't, I haven't <laughs> done it yet. Yeah, one, yeah. I haven't done it yet, so I'm, I'm still looking. Well, naturally, it's got to be the Polaris Ranger, right? <laughs> <laughs> so terrible dad joke. Terrible. I meant that. Earlier. I know, right? I'm a dad now. I got those terrible dad jokes. That was a terrible dad joke. <laughs> That's uh, so. So, what is over 50 years? What What is your assessment of we as people, you know, citizens of this, this country, you know, what, I mean, you've dealt with the worst of the worst and, and probably the best of the best mm. it's, has that changed? Well, it, to, to some extent there are still, uh, and, and because we, we've got to, to realize what we deal with are usually the underside, mm-hmm. the underbelly mm-hmm. of society. So we've got to come out of that and have these conversations just like we're having right here mm-hmm. with so many folks. And it was the same thing with me even when I was working for AT&T because there would be some kind of misconduct, and I, and I would work on that misconduct, investigate that misconduct, and the next thing I want to do, I want to go talk to the boss and say, T- tell me about your good guys. Tell me about the people who are doing the job. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And, and so I think, really, I, I think probably is getting better. Okay. To, to some extent, from a law enforcement standpoint, because there are a lot of good people who have a lot of good hearts. You see so many fundraisers where they're raising mm-hmm. money for causes, whatever those causes may be. And of course, I might be a little bit jaundiced here because of what I see in Wise County. I mean, there's a fundraiser at the conference center like every other night mm-hmm. almost, and, and people are dishing out the money. We're just really blessed to, to live where we, we are and to do what we do and to be in the midst of people like they are in Wise County. Now, my major concern, I mean, and it is just absolutely breaking my heart, is this damn border. Mm-hmm. Because that, that is affecting us. The two, the two biggest problems we have in the jail, methamphetamine, 85% of the people in our jail are there because of methamphetamine? Wow, I'm I'm really surprised to hear that that's wow. still so prevalent. No. Okay, and, and and as as you stated before, it's it's methamphetamine that have come across the border. Mm. Yes, right. So, so and and then the second secondary thing is, is mental health. Okay, mm-hmm. um, and, and we we need help there. We need help on the border, and we're picking up some crimes that that we haven't had before being perpetrated by um, illegal immigrants. Okay. You know, because in talking to the guys who, who are down there, and our troopers are down there every day, and, mm-hmm. and they're doing a great mm-hmm. job. I hate to see them down there because I want them here. I, yeah. want, yeah. I want our yeah. troopers here. But, but they're down there, and they're doing a good job. But they will tell you uh, that, that those illegal immigrants, they don't want to stay down there. They want to get as far away from that border as yeah, they can. Yeah, of course. And so they end up here. Yeah, I mean, just like that Indian restaurant up there. Yeah, mm. um, God, it was a huge thing, man. It, it, it was. It was. I'm guessing thing. there's still elements to that are, that are ongoing. Yes, because there's. It was yeah. like, hey, this big raid happened, and it's been crickets ever since. So there's still. Yeah, no, we still got some things going. Okay, with, with that and some other entities. I thought that and, might and, be the case. We were disappointed because the the feds said they would be there to help us, and they, and they didn't weren't. show. They did mm. not show up. Wow. Yeah. Um, so. That's, That's a big concern. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know that I answered your question properly. Don't no, I think, I think you did. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but you're generally optimistic, but you have some very yeah. real concerns. Um, and, and so we're not mm-hmm. out into blue water yet. No. Yeah. What do you feel about, um, I know hot topics, we've got them listed up here in this state, especially legalizing marijuana and gambling. I am, I'm opposed to marijuana. Okay. Um, I think that's, that's the wrong direction we're going. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with the mental health. I think mm-hmm. it has something to do with methamphetamine. I understand. Five it. years ago, I would have disagreed with you. V- mm-hmm. v- how was that word? Vehemently. Vehemently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not no more. Yeah. Not no more. So I, um, I really think that's contributing to the mental health. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the things that I've read and, and I've actually had conversations with people and actually was involved in a, uh, in an investigation, search warrant down around Boyd, mm-hmm. that the Chinese are heavily involved in the growing of the marijuana. Mm-hmm. And, well, uh, they're buying up all kinds of farmland. Yes. Yeah. And, and so they know, the Chinese know that that's going to destroy the community, mm-hmm. I think, destroy our youth. In that's fact, I, goal. I had a psychologist, I was in a, in a witness room waiting to talk to, to go on the stand. And this was, um, golly, this is 20, 25 years or so ago, and I'm talking to the psychologist, and he's talking about ma- about marijuana, how it affects the children. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just was absolutely uh, mm-hmm. against it. And, and there's a guy named Barron, I can't remember his, his first name, who wrote a book about it, about the evils of, of marijuana and mental health. Tell your, tell your children the truth of, about marijuana and mental health. And he, he puts it together. And and I read that book, and, and I am a believer that, that we should never legalize it. I don't know that I'm going to win that battle. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid we're going the wrong direction, and it's just going to make it I worse. I think more people need to be exposed to the long-term outcomes mm-hmm. of it. And you think of epicenters like mm-hmm. Seattle, Portland, mm-hmm. Denver. Five years ago, I was a champion of this. Like, okay, it's a it's an herb, a flower that I people are smoking. I think that's a really valid observation. But yeah. a stone society is not a good society. Mm-hmm. No. And it, you can see the, the long-term outcome now of what's going on with these big cities. And, you know, most places realistically have a, a public uh, intoxication law, right? Mm-hmm. They're, not, they're obviously not enforcing it. Yeah. And, I mean, that just that doesn't apply to being drunk on the street. It implies being intoxicated. Mm-hmm. Well, they're letting – they're overlooking that now too. Yeah, some of those And places. drive through Denver, drive through uh, – Portland, drive through Seattle, drive through San Francisco. If you can make it through San Francisco, mm, yeah, yeah, not a good place to be. And those were the epicenters of the Green Rush. Yeah. So, so, so something for me, <laughs> like there's there's definitely some dots there. Also, it's 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 not just about marijuana, but it's also <laughs> the liberalization of those communities mm-hmm. and and. You know, it's like, yeah, San Francisco went the way of San Francisco for for many different reasons, yeah. mm-hmm. and we could point to a lot of those. But that's, yeah, to encapsulate why San Francisco went that way, that's hard. Well, the, the, the general visualization of it is, okay, you know, mom and pop might need a night off, and they want to fire up a joint on the couch and kick back, and that's going to be it. That's not it. It's mm-hmm. a stone society, and it's the generation of your community. Mm-hmm. I don't, uh, I, mean, I don't think yeah. there's any lesser way to put I think, it. I think it's just like everything else. I mean, alcohol is the same way. Oh yeah, I, mean, I agree. It's, it's it's when it gets abused. 
Yeah, it, it, but it's it's getting abused. That's oh, the point. Sure. Is it's now legal to completely abuse it because <clears throat> yeah. these these epicenters are overlooking public intoxication issues mm, too. Yeah. So and now and those people are, are driving too. Yeah, mm. things change when you have yeah. kids, mm. and things change when you get older. So <laughs> yeah. uh, again, I say we're we're blessed to be in Wise County. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gambling. Amen. What about Amen gambling? Uh, you know, I I, I don't know. I, I've I've thought about it, and of course I've I've been into a few of the casinos in in Oklahoma, but. I'm I'm not a gambler. Uh, I don't see it as a, as an evil as as I do yeah. marijuana. Okay, I I'm right there with you, but it's a I could I'm I would be an advocate for state legalized gambling 100 percent because I go to Oklahoma. I don't gamble, but you drive yeah. past a casino, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. Texas license plate, 99 percent of the cars. Louisiana, Louisiana, Louisiana same way. I, New Mexico, Arkansas. I think you know it touches us barely. Yeah. yeah, but I think there's legalized gambling there too. So how much money is leaving the state? Yeah, to, uh, sure. yeah. that's that's the only reason that's I'm hard. for it here yeah. is to keep money keep money at home. It's 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 hard for me because I would almost uh, offer up like the reverse opinion. Okay, let's hear and, it. Let's and, hear the reverse opinion then. And that so with gambling, you're putting uh, into the hands of corporations. Mm. You, you're you're saying okay, gay. Game psychologically, these people's ability to maintain some control in a financial situation that they think they could stand to win. Yeah. Right. And 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 so I I have concern about like the the corporate abuse of poor uh, mental health. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and so that's. Seems severe to me, but yeah. there again, all of us Texans are just crossing yeah, but, the yeah, border. So that's what I was going to say. Is it's yeah, we're it's going to Oklahoma. Everybody's those driving. people are gambling. Just, we're anyway, losing tax right? dollars. Yeah, in our community, which is uh, located proximal to Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. sixty. Yeah. I mean, yeah. well, sixty. I'd say eighty percent of the people. If you go in a casino, it's like. Are you sure you need to be spending money in here? Yeah. <laughs> but that, that's the point is, okay, they're doing it anyway. They're leaving the state to do it, whether you like it or not, yeah. whether it's good for their mental health or not, good for their bank account or not. They're still doing it, so why not here and just tax the living hell out of the casinos? <laughs> and your money stays in your state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's tough. It's, it's tough to find a an encapsulating idea. Mm-hmm. I, t- I have a hard time doing so it. I think it's coming, and I'll tell you the number one reason. It's Mark coming. Cuban. Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban. Okay. He just sold the Mavericks to uh, Sands. Is it Sands <clears throat> Casino out of Vegas? Something like that? I don't something remember. like that. So that's, yeah. his, that's his goal is to build a new <laughs> stadium slash casino. And that dude has a lot of money, and money well, seems if, to get things if, done. Yeah, if, he, if anybody yeah. can, he, it'd be him, I think. Well, enough of our soapbox know. on that. So, what is um, gambling rings? Is that a, is that a thing anymore? Underground uh, yeah. gambling rings? Uh, not not that I know of. Okay, we we've not encountered that here in, in Wise County. Okay. That was uh, no. things of yesterday. It's all gone to legal <laughs> online sports betting. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, no but more. But that's uh, what's weird, though, is you can't gamble in a. Playing cards right. or whatever, but you can drive to uh, Grand Prairie and bet on horses. Yeah. Mm. So what's what's the difference in gambling or gambling <laughs> mm. or the Texas lottery? You're gambling. What, yeah. What, what is the difference? I don't understand it. Yeah. That's what it blows so, my mind. Okay, we need to find us a gambling <laughs> expert to have. Yeah. A, is, are they out there? I don't know. Lobbyists. <laughs> Maybe so. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Can you before we wrap this up? Can you break down the. Um, delineate like the roles of your city police department 
And then I, I know you kind of did, but your city police department, your sheriff office, and then your Texas state troopers. Sure. Where where is the edge of those boundaries before they start? Uh, I know you said you're not a, you're not under control by any entity other than yourself. Where where are the boundaries before you start treading on each other's territories? Well, How does that work? So no no I'm I'm controlled by the citizens. Okay, well sure yeah rather rather than than just just my own ideas. Um, so the police department has has basically the the same responsibilities within the city limits that the sheriff's office has for the entire county, 923 square miles. Okay. The, the troopers, um, according to Government Code Chapter 5, 411, um, they are responsible, highway patrol, they're, they're responsible for uh, traffic okay. you know, on, on the state and farmed market roads, but, but they can enforce any laws if, if, mm. if they so decide. Okay. But, but their responsibility are, are the roads, the safety of the motoring public. Okay. Um, and of course, then then you've got other entities within the Texas Department of Public Safety. Um, so it, it's CID now. Mm-hmm. They've got their own criminal investigation division. They used to have narcotics, motor vehicle theft, but they've molded it all into one in the Texas Rangers. And we talked about that earlier about what the Ranger responsibilities are and and how how they assist the local agencies. So the, the sheriff's office. Um, Again, is covering that entire 923 square miles, and and they've got responsibility for all the calls that that come into our EC, our ECC, as well as the things that they they see when they're out there on patrol. So we want to be proactive when we can, but so often we are reactive because we're we're having like 26,000 um, 911 calls every year. So wow, so that that keeps them pretty pretty busy. Yeah. Um, but there, there's not a lot of difference between the two, except for the police department is is answering through the chief, through the city manager, or to the mayor. Okay. And but I, we've got some good police departments here in in Wise County, so so that helps, and and we've got to have that relationship where we all work work together. Which one's the best? Sheriff's office. <laughs> <laughs> good answer. Yeah. <laughs> Did, have you ever ended up in any kind of conflicts when uh, when it comes to multi a multiple multiple department issue where you're working a crime scene that involves city and sheriff or Texas state? The the only uh, conflict I've had was the one I talked about with with the FBI. Okay, when yeah. they, they came in telling us what we were going to do, and and then I reminded them that the sheriff's office has original responsibility. Okay, um, and actually told them to leave the scene. And, and they did, but they came back with their hat in their hand and said, okay, we understand. Because what they were demeaning our mm-hmm. citizens, and when I say they, one guy, one guy was demeaning our citizens because they didn't have any business out here looking for that child. This is a law enforcement function. And and uh, I got pretty upset with him because it was an emotional situation. Sure, yeah. Um, so that's the only time that I've experienced that with, with the, the, the police departments, the chiefs. Uh, we usually don't have any problems. If if we do, we we work through it. Makes me curious. Do you think they they like held some animosity, and that's why they didn't show up to help with the um, the raid on the Indian place? No, that was uh, that was HSI. Okay, so, so Homeland Security. different uh, investigations. Okay, Home, Home, Homeland, Homeland Security, Homeland Security yeah. investigations. Yeah. Mm. So I think that's what that was. So they they don't, you know, it's odd. It seems to me from an outsider looking in and having worked with the, all of these agencies from from the feds, 
they don't always get along. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of, of static between those groups. Sure. Mm. Yeah, I mentioned there's some big egos that get involved too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, at least uh, in hindsight, we don't eat at the Indian food place anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They're still open. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't believe that. Uh, yeah, it was like the next, the next day, day, wasn't it? Yeah, what? I'm terribly terribly disappointed, but but we're still working. Yeah, yeah. good, good. Well, it's good. So I, got, I got I got one thing. So, um, you had some pretty big shoes. To fill in, in my eyes, uh, I knew both of the oh shoot the ex um, or the prior sheriffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you filled them well, and probably in my eyes overtook them. So, what is your feelings on the next uh, guy? Like, how hard is that for, for for me? That'd be extremely hard to get the sheriff's office where it is now. All the work that you've done here, how hard is that for you just to go? I'm, I'm retired. And well, what, what, what is, what's the future for the, in your eyes, mm-hmm. um, for the sheriff's office, do you, do you think? Well, and, and, um, I do. And we, we talked about this earlier a little bit about not getting into politics, yep. but, but I think what, what we've got going at the Wise County Sheriff's mm-hmm. Office is, is, um, is, it's all going well. Uh, and, and I, I give all of that responsibility or, or the recognition uh, to the personnel, mm-hmm. these leadership team that we've got at the sheriff's office, if if we can keep that leadership team intact, there's not going to be any difference. Right. And it's going to be the same thing keep moving in, forward. In, in the years to come. Uh, and, it, and it's something that I had that vision, uh, even when, when David Walker called me, mm-hmm. Sam Open's voice was in my ear saying, you, you can make a difference being a, a sheriff. Uh, so I, I see, and, and we were talking about the vision of the office, the mission of the office, and the direction that it's going. Uh, right now, I think it's, it's going very well. Um, and I, I know I'm not supposed to talk about any, any candidate. No. No, you you, you, this is open forum. Yeah. Sheriff, okay. you talk yeah. about whatever the hell well, you want to on so, here. So we, do not, and, we do not censor. Uh-uh. So, so there was a young man that, that I, I met in 1993 when when I was a ranger here, and he was a young deputy, and that was Craig Johnson. Mm-hmm. And and Craig has been a, an outstanding um, chief deputy mm-hmm. for me and for the office. And, and so he and I have talked about it consistently throughout these seven years mm-hmm. about when I was going to step aside in hopes that, that he would mm-hmm. be the next sheriff so that we would have that continuity of office we would have the vision that the the office would continue on in this situation where we won't be subjected to petty politics, mm-hmm. that this can continue being a law enforcement the way agency the way it was intended to be from the very beginning in the Constitution of the state of Texas, that it's going to be run properly and with a level of um, dignity, professionalism, and dedication honesty, integrity, um, and I think that's that's where we have it, and that's mm-hmm. where I think it will, will continue. Mm. And I'm, he's already got a sign on the fence uh, around our road frontage, but just out of nowhere, um, we were eating at uh, Villa Grande, Villa Grande, and all yeah. your, your deputies were up there, and, and he, I don't think he knows who I am on a personal level, but he stood up, came over, shook our hands. It was mm-hmm. me, bro. Just, 
It was no, me. No, he saw me first. Nah, he Bro, he saw me first. <laughs> <laughs> See what I have to deal with? <laughs> Constantly. Yeah. 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 But that's like, that's the way to do it. Is mm-hmm. He's not hiding behind any big campaign slogans mm-hmm. or any major promises and not mm-hmm. being in the public eye. He's yeah. He's out being a part of his community. Mm. Yes. So I told him, put more signs on our fences. <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw that coming in. Yeah. And, he needs and, more, and, right? And, and, I, and I appreciate that. I really do. I think that one was put up on behalf of, or John Neal, um, yeah. a former fire chief at Paradise, put it up on his behalf. So uh, he's a friend of the family. Good yeah. man. He is. Um, if you could snap your fingers and correct Three things going on in the state. I know, I'm, I'm pretty sure I know what one of them would be because you stated it importantly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you could snap uh, your I'll fingers take a and stab on a second one. Okay. If you could yeah, snap, we'll your, see. snap your fingers and correct three things that you wish would change in the state, what would they be? Shut down the border. Okay. That That'd was... be number one. Shut down the border. Uh, number number two. Um, stop the methamphetamine, mm-hmm. which is kind of part of number mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. And and finally, get. More funding and attention for mental health. Mm. Those three things you make my job easy. Mm-hmm. My wife was a former director at UBH in Denton, and she's a big proponent of mental health. So I need to put you two in contact. Mm-hmm. She'd love to have a conversation yeah. with you. She'd be mm-hmm. a great one to have. She married me, so she's you know, she's got great standards. Right? <laughs> I don't know if you should have told him that. Yeah. She's pretty level-headed. She's not crazy at all. Yeah. <laughs> so so you're not running again. And, I, and you can tell me, shut up, you don't want to get into it. But what what's your uh, – are you going to Hawaii for two years? Are you retiring, retiring? Or uh, you know, I, do you have – I am retiring, retiring. I, you, you never know. If, if Of course, at my age, I doubt that there will be many offers coming in my direction. But Governor. But, but, I, yeah. <laughs> but I, I've worked for a long time, and, and my wife and I, she too is retired, Um we're we're looking to have an opportunity to do a little more stuff with with the grandkids, mm-hmm. but but uh, the thing is that that uh, my passion, oddly enough, is uh, I love to write. Okay, um, and so I, I've actually written a book um, about methamphetamine and how mm-hmm. it how it came to Texas. Tell us about this book. It's it's called the point. A um, point. Mm-hmm. Is it out there now? No, but it, oh. it will be in March. I think. Okay, uh-huh. so I can't wait. I love uh-huh. love um, to read. So some some so it, it's true stories in there, but but it's a fiction it's because I've changed changed some names because I, I'd be in a world of hurt if if I didn't. But uh, so I, I love to write. You know, I, I sit down at the computer, and, and next thing I know, four hours have gone away. And, mm. Yeah. And, Sitting there typing away, and I just truly, I, I actually wrote for the for the paper in Princeton when I was in high school, and and then at AT and T, I did a newsletter for AT and T for two hundred fifty thousand employees, and and this this whole while you're sleeping thing, I, I enjoyed. Oh yeah, that, that no, so, it is. So, <laughs> so much. Um, so I love to write. Uh, so I'm, I want to make sure that I keep keep my mind active. Um, and I'll spend a lot of time writing, but I, I like physical work too. And I, yeah. I've got an abundance of red cedar that needs to go. I know Mr. Eaton's number if you need a, if you need me to yeah. put a shoe in for you. If you want to <laughs> so so perhaps uh, when this book publishes, we can read it and then you ha- have yeah. it back out. 
yeah. to talk about that yeah. book. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And if you need to, you know, you need to translate that into an audio book. I mean, I'm not much to look at, but I've been told I have a pretty good voice. So, yeah. Sexy voice. Um, yeah. This, yeah. He's not officially our, our group scribe here. So yeah. he's also a writer and a damn yeah. good one too. Mm-hmm. But I end up reading yeah. and interpreting and then putting it to narration yeah. on videos and stuff that we've yeah. done too. That'd be a great idea. Oh, okay. to, to do that. I know it's gonna have a have an e version. Okay. Oh yeah. But it'll be a paperback that, that will be available allegedly in, in March. So nice. this March. Yes. As in next month. Yes. Okay. So awesome. this is this is finished. Yeah, I've just got to upload it to Amazon. Okay. And and I, I haven't done it yet. I'm kinda Dragging my feet, you, you know, it's, it's kind of spooky. Oh yeah, because this is something that I started just making notes when I was working uh-huh. undercover, and I, I put all those notes together, and then kind of cooperated, kinda included the ranger stuff. Okay, um, so it's it was uh, awesome. I don't know if my mother already has or not, but I, my grand my grandfather, my stepfather was Manchado Waylet, and mm-hmm. he wrote um, mm-hmm. a fictional work called The Justice Brigade, and it's about yeah. Montana vigilante justice. Mm-hmm. Do you have a copy of that? I, I no, I have not. I need to get a copy yeah. of it too. It's a really, it's a actually. I'm not biased because I was related to him. It's a really good book. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to read the point whenever it comes yeah. out. Well, thank you very much. I'm yeah. Looking forward to that. Yeah, we'll have you on the show to discuss it after we've all read it. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> I hope I didn't miss anything. No, mm-hmm. I think I yeah. think we got. It. I think yeah, we covered it. I mean, yeah. we could probably beat a lot of these oh, yeah. completely to death, but mm-hmm. uh, I think we've covered it. So. But I think this has been a really – I'm honored to have you here. You yeah. bet. I really am. Thanks for the whiskey. Uh-huh. Yeah. Thanks for a, your time. Great. And thanks for your service to this community. Yeah. I mean, this it, community it, has been in great hands. Mm-hmm. Well, well, this is, has been an, an honor for me to, to sit here and visit with you all. It, it really is. I love talking to the people of, of Wise County. You know, it's secondary to talking to kids. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's, mm-hmm. that's an important pursuit that we have in law enforcement, making sure that the youngsters know that, that we're, there, we're there to help. Yeah. But even even more so than just being in here, being being able to serve the citizens of Wise County, it's an excellent way for, for me to conclude my, my tenure as law enforcement mm-hmm. officer. So it, it's, it's really been a lot of fun. There are a lot of, a lot of stories out there. Some I can tell, some I can't tell. <laughs> but but it, it has, it's been, been great, and I've enjoyed every minute of it. You know, that time in, in the corporate world, I wasn't always looking forward to putting my boots on and going mm-hmm. to work. But now every day I look forward to putting them on and going to work. And I guess you needed that time to reinvigorate. Why you? Why you're back here? Where you're at? I think maybe so. Yeah. And and I tell some people the reason that I was working at AT and T was just so I could afford to be the sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> you're not. It's not a high paying role. No, 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 no. It's not. That's well, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, Sheriff. Hey, thank you. Guys. I mean, genuinely yeah, from awesome. the heart, this yeah. has been a fantastic dialogue yeah. and a and a great conversation and a, and a really good way to rehumanize for people that might be listening to another one of their elected leaders that they might have been out of touch with and now they're not so i hope so thank you for this opportunity you bet thank you sheriff have a good night thank y'all thanks for listening good night adios you've been listening to the whiskey bros around the table
Gracias por convivir con los hermanos Whisky.